<laughs> can you say? Can you just say? Can you just say Derek Zoolander for me, and then we can get on with it? <laughs> but you're Derek Zoolander. <laughs> Can we just not record a podcast? Can we just do that? <laughs> Can we just do this for an hour? Oh my goodness. I don't even know how to start these things off. I mean, I've only been... When's the last time I did a show? I don't know. Monday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't talk to me about time between shows, all right? <laughs> we're, at a month, like, uh... Uh, we're at a month of show at the minute and it's it's just tasty. Wow, wow, wow. Just getting the octave. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um. Hello, hello everybody and welcome to We're Not Wizards, a podcast about board games. Uh, I am your host, uh, Richard, and I'm joined by someone who else who likes video games. Introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name's Paddy. <laughs> do you know what? I've realised I can't do a Scottish accent as well as I thought. I can do no, a generic Scottish accent. Not. Generic Scottish accent's pish easy, but I can't uh, do specific he... ones. You've just got to be very loud or very threatening. I'll do the A. It was the ASMR stuff and go. I'm from Scotland, you know. Well, it's like the Billy Connolly did a thing. There's two. There's two Scottish accents. There's there's up here. And then there's <laughs> that's Irish. And then there's <laughs> the lovely lilting one. There is. There's the, oh, you definitely oh, look uh, at that. More towards the lilting, I think. I know. I'm kind of. I know. I'm not kind of angry enough. I can't get angry enough, but that doesn't make for very, very good, good podcasting. Um, thank you for that wonderful introduction, Mister Patrick Smith, Thanks. who's who's from the Twin Humanities, or the Humanities, and who's a generally also wonderful person. He's been on the show before. Uh, two In fact, times. Two, that's two times. This is number three. Two this times. Is this is the hat trick. <clears throat> this is the triple. Yeah, it's been ages, isn't it? This, it's been a while because things happen with schedules and stuff like that. And then mm. last week, I ended up having to go to the hospital with my boy, which is why we didn't record. So that's why we're doing it this week instead. To be honest, it was a blessing in disguise because I was knackered. So, in a way, this is better because I have my full reserve of energy right now. Hmm. I'm I'm primed, full of just good dice chat, I'm just ready to go. I'm pumped and I'm ready to go. Hmm. I suppose we better we better kind of say hello to everybody. Proper hello, everybody. Hi. Thank you for listening. Yeah, for people who haven't listened before, the reason that we do this is because we wholeheartedly believe that there simply isn't enough podcasts out there about board games just isn't just isn't you look on your <clears> iTunes <throat> and you type in board games and you don't get anything <laughs> nothing at all it's it's a barren desert of listening that's what it is and the other reason that we do this is because um I like Paddy a lot got a lot of time for him he does a fantastic podcast of his own with the rather wonderful and amazing mr cj yeah. and uh, it was about time he came back on because oh, we are going to be talking about some soulsness yeah. we're going to be talking about a bit of cardboard because um dark souls has been out a little while bloodborne card game's been out a little while there's also um just like any traditional kind of um epic kind of journey that's going to happen there's going to be a moment of sadness partially through the episode i'm just going to warn you trigger warnings for people that maybe get a little bit upset about wetting certain parts of their 
games. Um, we're not going to go into just no, warning. No, it's still a little bit no. raw, but we'll get there. We need to work, <coughs> we'll up, to work up to it. We'll get, we'll get there later. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. That's that's a lead. You, you put that in your put that in your podcast uh, bonnet and remember remember that. Yeah, remember that. Yeah, we'll we'll put a marker. We'll put a marker to make sure people are aware so they can they can skip past skip past it if they if they need to. Mm. But how are you doing anyway? How's things? I'm, I'm all right, man. I've, I've 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 played with a lot of cardboard uh, recently. I have. Um, couple of friends of mine uh uh jim tim and lauren uh mm-hmm. they have been coming around every tuesday almost every tuesday you know real life board mm. game nights hard isn't it uh they've been coming around almost every tuesday uh for board game nights so we've been actually getting through some of the stuff that we've picked up from your kickstarters and whatever's and charity shop games and we've been banging through quite a lot of board games in the last kind of couple of months which has been really fun uh so i've played lots of things whereas in the last six months i've played about two things yeah, uh, it's been it was... nice just to look look at the shelf and go. Oh, I played that. Oh, that was good. Oh, I played that as well. Oh, we're going to do some more of that. Oh, that was good too. Because <laughs> what we did is we put out the word out to the Twitter folk and we asked them to give us some questions. Mm. So we will we'll dip in and out. Yeah, well, we when they fit. become appropriate, I think that would be when they become when they become viable mm. and real. Um, <clears throat> let's start. Let's start with. Um, Let's start with the kind of the obvious one, because um, do you mean Thurman and turning... Taxis, the game I picked up about German postal systems? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I I really that's like that. I was like, okay, because we've got all these Souls fans on the Twitter just now going, what was it? What was it you didn't like about Bloodborne, or what is it you like about Bloodborne, or no, stuff like no, that? No, I want to talk about postal carriages. Um, you can wait for the good content. <clears throat> I, I, if you're listening, you're not on the show. You don't have. You don't decide what I talk about. I might want to talk about German postal systems for a little bit. You're gonna have to put let's, up with that. Let's let's do that. Yeah, Thurn Thurn and Taxis. Thurn and let's taxis talk about won so. the Spiel des Jahres in a year, two thousand and six, maybe. Uh, yeah. So it's a it's a, a Spiel des Jahres winner, like it's a Game of the Year winner. Uh, Thurn and Taxis is a game about building a wonderful postal system in in Germany in like the nineteen or the eighteen hundreds, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's a strange game. We played it first about a year ago and didn't quite get it. And we tried again with our with our new board game club, and we kind of made a bit more sense this time. Uh, it is a sort of card collecting game. Uh, you have a set of cards in like a bank with various cities written on them so like uh munich or lodz or schwarzstein all german places so you get to have fun saying the name whenever the card comes up which is always good uh and they're next to a map of like the middle of germany and there's various cities all kind of they match up to the cards basically they're all different colors match up to the cards and you kind of have rows between them and what you need to do is basically collect cards and play them in front of you in a route so you have to make a route of cards from like from munich to lodz to Schwaden, to Badensburg. <laughs> and as you go, you pick up a card, and you play a card, and you can uh, optionally each turn either maybe pick up two cards, or wipe the six off on the board and draw six new cards, or play two cards. Uh, the kicker is, as you build your route in front of you, you kind of lay it on the desk in front of you, as you build your hmm. route, the, the rows have to connect, and you have to put a card on either end of your route, you can't just jam it in the middle. So you've got to keep extending your route out bit by bit, 
until you're brave enough to score it. You know, right, I'm scoring this one. And you place a house uh, on various points on the route. Uh, and you get these little, lovely little wooden houses uh, to place on the route. And they're worth points later. So you display cards in front of you. You build a, a route. And the route has to line up with the board. So you have to have each hound connected. And when you're brave, you score the route. Uh, you clear the cards off. Uh, you start a new route. Um, if, however, you at any point, you have to pick up a card. You have to play a card. If you can't play a card, if you can't make your route work, you wipe the whole thing and start again. So it's about being brave and seeing how long you can make it and how many points you can get. Uh, and there's various progression systems, like there's bonus systems being the first one to get uh, a house in each certain region, or the first one to get a house in every region on the map. Uh, and the game ends when someone makes uh, collects the seven long carriage track uh, bonus coin, uh, mm-hmm. which is, you kind of collect in order, so you've got to build one that's three long, then four long, then five yeah. long, then six, then seven. You've got to do them in order. So even if you make a seven long track at the start you'll only get the four carriage for it and you can only go up by one. So you've got to build up bit by bit by bit. Um, or if you run out of houses, everyone gets 20 houses and if you run out of houses then uh, that kind of ends the game uh, and the game scored by whoever had like various bonus points you pick up and every house that you didn't play is a minus point. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's kind of fun. It's simple, tactical. It's kind of, it's going to sound really dumb here. It's a little bit like Catan in that kind of, you've got cards but it's quite simple. Yeah, um, it's easy to read. Like the board's simple. Once you've worked out what you need to be doing, it, it makes a lot of sense. And it's about being brave and saying, "Right, well, I'm going to go. I'm going to try and push this one a little bit longer, and I reckon I can get more points." But the longer you leave it, other people might be scoring points around you and getting bonus tiles for kind of putting down the first route that's five long, the first route that's six long, or the first person to get everything in the green zone, they get more bonus points than the second person to do it. Um, there's a lot of depth to it, and I, I can see why it would win a Spiel de Jar, because it initially looks a bit weird on the outside. It looks a little bit, dare I say, nerdy. Dry? Yeah, a bit dry. It's like, oh, cool, German postal systems are... I mean, that one's got lasers on it over there. Let's get the one about Wood- horses and carriages. Um, Wooden houses, yay. Badensburgs and Moonspausens. Uh, I took French at school. How am I going to pronounce everything? This is rubbish. <laughs> oh, it's it's easy. Uh, Le taxi. Brilliant. Yeah, um, but it's actually based on a real life postal system uh, struggle. Uh, Baron Baron Taxis, I think his name was, and someone third, and they were trying to build postal systems better than each other. There's a whole history booklet in the book that I didn't read, uh, but I skimmed it. <laughs> we skimmed it, and it, it's kind of fun. Like it, I, I like it a lot, and I, we'll be playing it again soon, definitely, because um, it got a very, very kind of snipey by the end. Like, oh, I wanted that card. Oh, don't you touch that card. I need lots. I need lots. Oh, you took lots. Oh, you're a bad person. <laughs> How did you find out about it? Because it's not like, you know, it's not like, oh, Dice Forge. Oh, yeah, I've heard of Dice Forge. I've kind of genuinely kind of not... Uh, I'm going to ask Laura, because she bought that home. Laura, where did you get Thurn and Taxi from? Was that from the shop? It was off um, a market stall. It was off a market stall? How much was it? There you go. One pound. To you, Gav, no, that'll be a pound. A a pound? That's a quid, Gav. Don't suppose you can break a 20. Are you having a laugh? (laughs) (laughs) What do you think I am? (laughs) A bank... Don't look like a bank. Don't look like a ready teller. <laughs> uh, but it's really, it's like, it's very different. Um, it, it's very much in that sort of simple mechanics, but lots more depth than you think there's going to be. Yeah. And it's about just being like, just being as brave as you can. Like, I'm going to build a long train of postal delivery services. Yeah. 
Ooh, I, I would build one there, but I've got houses there, so there's no point. Ooh, what's over there in the red zone? Let's try building the red zone. Oh, but there's no houses to connect to. Oh, I've ruined it. Oh, my postal system is in disarray. Everything's going wrong. <laughs> I have failed. I have failed as a postman. I'm sorry. I don't get the black and white cat. You don't get the benefits. I don't get the fun shorts they wear to keep their legs dry when it's raining and they dry out faster. I don't get the fun shorts. I don't get the car. Uh, oh, I, just, I don't get the little red slips that you get to give to people to say you're not in. Even though I rang the doorbell, you ain't in. But I was in. <laughs> Taking your free stamps off you. And he left it in the recycling bin. Terrible postman. This has gone on a bit. This has rambled. <laughs> this is kind of... I might cut this, but... <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah the pressure luck stuff no i like the pressure luck stuff mm. i mean there's always i kind of like the um i always like the idea of being kind of like in the situation where you're kind of like just one more mm. do i go for it do i aim for it oh i did it i did it and it's just all gone wrong yeah. it's just all kind of gone wrong oh and if you are kinda, if you are german uh the instructions and all the cards are printed in both english and german such efficiency do you know i'm fascinated by the fact that you're able to pick a Pick up a game for a pound like that. It's, it's just go, go charity shopping, man. Just go charity shopping. We both, me and Laura both work in them and just, stuff just appears. I I found Shadowrun books in one of our shops a while ago. I was like, okay. You did say. They're coming you home said, with Papa. I know, but they're so full of tables and complications oh, and know, numbers good? and nonsense. And oh, it's just all. Oh, oh, do like rules? Like oh, do you like, do you like rules? Oh. Would you like to just. Bury yourself in a bath Ooh, of kind of shadow room. Like Battletech, do you like rules? Ooh, <laughs> well, I've got a table for that. <laughs> Just close my eyes and sink underneath. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we should roll on the injury table for that. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's 2d6 plus 1. Oh. He stretched himself. <laughs> <laughs> this has taken a dark turn. A very, very dark turn. Um, <clears throat> models. Mm. Because last time we spoke, you were speaking about painting up some models, some old Judge Dredd stuff, I think you said, at that time. Well, yeah, yeah. that's true. Uh, that was been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been freaking ages. Um, so I've Did since get them? finished those. Yeah. Not, not the best... I'll be honest, uh, I made some very simple uh, painting issues. Um, uh, yeah, You know, everyone does a bad job their first time. You're allowed to do a bad job on your first one. Uh, so my judge sure. got finished, and I, I got better as I went. They were still not great, but they're very vivid, very colourful. Um, I used one of those uh, Games Workshop 15 quid, here's 13 tiny paints and a brush sets. <laughs> you, you know the one, Don't 13 tiny paints and a brush. That's, that's what they write on the outside. Um, you've got your, your, your Terminators to paint with uh, 13 tiny paints in a brush. Uh, the only problem with that is I'm no good at it. I'm just like, I'm getting to that, you know, I've now got sausages for fingers. Hmm. You know what I mean? And I shake like somebody trying to make a milkshake on one of those sh- <laughs> on one of those shaky things that you get at the fun fair. I'm hmm. just like, my hands are just all over the place. You know, I look like a doctor trying to write a prescription. It is that bad. <laughs> they save all their precision for the actual <clears> surgery. <throat> Once they're not doing surgery, it all kind of goes... <laughs> it's like Doctor Strange. Yes. Whoa, I can't do anything with my hands. Now look, Doctor, just a sidebar here with Doctor Strange, right? That movie has yeah. a very bad message. What's that? Text and drive, become a wizard. <sighs> Bloody wizards. I mean, he texts and drives, and then he magically gets sorcerer powers. Like, 
bad message. Very bad message, and one that I'm sure our listeners won't won't enjoy because they aren't just wizards. Don't, just don't like. Um, but if you want to be one, just, text and drive. Just don't like. Just don't like the film. Just because of that whole thing at all. Watched it and went, oh, I thought this was a. I thought this was meant to be a good movie. They've put flipping people using magic. In I it, thought it was a medical drama, and there's a wizard in it. <laughs> I know. I thought it was meant to be about doctors. Shocking. Shocking. It's awful. Um, but awful. I've painted some. I've painted some boys. Uh, so obviously, I since uh, this is going to thread in quite nicely. Actually, uh, that's what. Oh, do you see the method to my madness? Oh, that's really good. That's a good segue. I like that. Um, so I had the Dark Souls game turn up ages ago. Uh, and me and CJ actually did uh, a show. Well, I say me and CJ. I did a show about it, and CJ <laughs> listened and said, "Yeah." Um, in a, a rare event, I did all the planning, and he did the turn up and talk. Which is very rare for us. Usually, I'm the one. That I'm up sorry, talks. I don't believe that for one second. I usually write eight yeah. words of, of planning around eight well, words. How, in this, I wrote how, four full pages. How many words did we write for tonight? None. Uh, I texted you a couple. You did. You texted me a list of games that we we're going to talk about, yeah. and then we went back, and then, and then we spent the first half hour doing impressions. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, podcast. Um, oh, fantastic. So Dark Souls board game turned up uh, through <coughs> yeah. post. And I saw the shipping thing. Apparently the next lot of stuff is due next year now. It's just, it's taking forever. But the Kickstarter campaign got so out of hand. There's so much there. And they're retooling a lot of stuff. Like they're making some of the miniatures look better. Uh, putting weapons yeah. on them. So to be fair, I can wait. I don't need them right now. I've got other things to do. We'll get there later. I've got other things to do right now. I, I can wait for them to turn up. So, But I thought, you know, my Dark Souls games have turned up. And partly, you know, partly why I persevered with, excuse me, with my Judge Dredd ones is I wanted to get a little bit better at painting. Yeah. Because I wanted to paint my Dark Souls figures. I thought I've spent all this money on them. And hey, look, I've got toys of the thing that I like now. You know, I've got an Ornstein and Smo made of plastic that I can just stare at all day now. So I thought, well, they're grey, that's fine. Grey is great, but do you know what's better? Other colours. Because <laughs> I saw the painting. And the painting that you've done, when you first like turned them out, I went, yeah, mm. that's how they should be. That's how those boys should be. Well, can I... I'll that's... give you some tips. I'll give you some tips. Yeah. I'll give you some quick painting tips here. Um... My, my my tip for good painting is find someone who has good tutorials and do those. Because oh. I went on to YouTube. Uh, I was trying to find some good tutorials about it. Uh, this is the promotion part of the of the show. Uh, I was uh, trying to find some good tutorials uh, for because I'm you know club handed idiot. I was just painting. I'm going to make this one red and this one blue, and then I'm going to give it a wash all over, and then it's done, uh, finished, and it's rubbish. Um, I thought I wanted to make a good a good fist for this, so I did a bit of Googling and I ended up on uh, Hotgate's gaming uh, YouTube channels. Uh, a guy called James, who runs the channel, uh, does oh. a lot of painting videos, does a lot of uh, Guild Ball, I think it is. Yes, it's- that's um, Guild Ball by Mantic. Yeah, uh, and it does another bunch of other games as well. There's a lot of like, the Warhammer 40k sort of stuff, I think. Uh, says the word Skaven a lot, so whichever game Skavens are in, he does that. Um, I'm, I'm not good at games that aren't ones I have. Um, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm really trying. And he puts some tutorials for painting these minis uh, with a very much focused idea of uh, this is going to be, have you ever painted anything before? Nah. Right, here's how we're going to do it step by step. I think he took the knight, uh, the knight piece is his first one, and just sat there oh, and yeah. just 
but at the basics of doing layers, of doing uh, shading, of doing dry brushing, of doing highlighting, uh, color blending, all sorts of like little things and like edge highlight, detailing, you know, that sort of thing. And I found them so, so useful, like so incredibly useful. I've managed to take skills that I've learned there. So I kind of copied his videos for the first couple. And then I thought, right, I'm going to yeah. do the arches and I'm going to do the knights. I'm going to do them myself. And they turned mm-hmm. out brill. It turned out really good. And I was quite impressed with myself. They are, they are really impressive. Yeah. They're all over your, t- they're over your Twitter. So if you want to take a look, yeah, you might have to scroll down a bit because it's been a while. Um, Just but sometime, sometime in June is when I was doing those, I think. Uh, so you might have to scroll down a while. But I had such a good time painting them. Like, and it's very therapeutic. Just sitting there very quietly with a brush, and once you get over the hand jitters and you find like a position that works for you, ooh, that came out a bit more sexual <laughs> than intended. Once you find a way of holding your hands that doesn't give you the cramp. Uh, and you can just slowly and carefully just kind of like just drag, just drag your, your paint stick over over the the tiny the tiny men. It's That's quite satisfying. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure quite... like no other. That's going extraordinarily badly. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I, I think I, I think I avoided the the innuendo there. I think I did a good job. Uh, um, but I heard you paint naked, so that's good. I do. It's easier to wash up when you finish, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. Just Who jump wants to in spend money on, like, Persil? <laughs> hey, look where I drew the face. Look where I drew the face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, no. Well, I've now painted uh, all of them in the box apart from four. Uh, I'm missing right. two of the player characters, which I just haven't got around to doing. Uh, the dancer figure, which is going to be probably the hardest one, Whoa. and the... you want to do a good, you want to do a good job, with her, I want to do a good job, not a bad. So her, and oh. I've got to do the gargoyle, the belfry gargoyle from Dark Souls One, because I want to make, I want him to look good. And I've seen someone uh, online use some like technical paint from Games Workshop that was like rusty, and it kind of makes it look that kind of weird greenish rusted oxidized look and I really want to do that because it looks amazing and I've just I lost the person who did it so I don't know what paint they used and I'm just trying to be brave uh, and I'm not it's feeling gonna... very brave at the moment so I'm going to give it a bit and then try again soon but again it's Christmas you know there's going to be days off with nothing to do apart from put the telly on and binge watch some animes so I'll have plenty of time on my hands to finish them Are you not tempted at work to keep them in a drawer well, like a big chest of drawers and then just like go like then just then when things are quiet, you just do this. You go, all right, things are quiet. Well, it's funny go. you say that because my new assistant manager at work, uh, a gentleman called Dave, yeah. uh, also paints miniatures. Um, he plays a lot of, uh, he plays or paints a lot of a game called Malifaux, um, which seems to be kind of oh, yeah. goblins and the stuff he's doing that is very sort of Louisiana swamp. There's gremlins and they've got like pigs that they throw at people. It's pretty good. The miniatures look quite fun. Um, yeah. And he's always he's lent me some paints uh, already. Uh, he's already talked about bringing in a station and setting it up in the office for lunchtime. So I'm like, oh, uh-oh. Oh, my goodness. So that is a you, you joke, but that's a thing that's almost happened already. No, I would think that would be a, I think that'd be a valuable use of uh, company space. I mean, morale. True. I mean, you know, sure, morale. there's making money, but hey, have you seen this orc that I painted? Exactly. Look, he's exactly. wearing blue. Look at the highlights on it. We've painted them in the company colours, so you can't see nothing. <laughs> I'm on a promotional nothing campaign. Nothing at all. It's a, it's a promotional campaign. You can exactly. It's got the little. Um, yeah. It's got the little initials on his flag. Yeah, you've got, you've got to look really close to, to see it. Is the problem like you can't put it on a poster? It's quite small. Like you've got to come in to see it. But that's that's the game. You have to come and see the figure. And by the time you've seen the figure, you're in the shop. Buy something. 
I know. It's a charity, come on. It's... I think people will come in. It'd be like... Um, if you paint it, little, they will come. <laughs> little Shop of Horrors. Ooh. Oh, that's a, fa- that's a fascinating looking painted dork. You know what I mean? Oh, look, there's a fascinating wardrobe. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? We're down south. You, look, you sound like you're from New York. Yes, I am. I just came off the plane, especially to look at your painted dogs and buy you some furniture from you. <laughs> With a bagel. <laughs> With a bagel. <laughs> <laughs> and a cup of coffee. And, and you'd be like, co- oh, so- you gotta do a cup of coffee. You gotta do a cup of coffee. And it's like, sorry, you got the wrong chap. He's mm. He does the other show. Oh, very good. <laughs> There you go. And they're trying to there come to the shop and you're in the way and they're like, hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for that taxi game, that um that um that German post office game that I saw in the shop the other day. Is that gone? That yes. that taxi game. Torn in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the game? As in Dark Souls. Swipping back round. Okay, yeah. my <clears throat> position on it has shifted slightly, and this may lead into that question that you were telling me about. Uh, my position has changed a bit since playing it. When I first got it, I did like two or three games of it pretty quick succession. I quite liked it. Hmm. Um, the problem is, is that we haven't played it since. Um, it's kind of been the paint project, not the game project. And not that I didn't enjoy the game, but I don't know. I'm playing other stuff at the minute that's less reliant on luck. And a big part of the Dark Souls board game, for me, is luck. It's about, do you get the right uh, items out of the chest, or do you buy the right items with your souls, or do you make the right choices when you level up to get the right stuff to use you know, later on? Uh, then, when you roll your attack or your defense, like, am I lucky enough to roll a large amount of swords? I'd like to roll lots of swords. Oh, I rolled one sword. That isn't enough swords. I've wasted my turn. Mm. Uh, and then yeah. the enemy rolls their dice, and they, 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 they just have a lot of swords. Um, and they they put the swords in you and you die and then you start again and then you do it again and you die again and then you get to the boss and you die another time and then oh you're finished and game over Um, I found it easier one player than four player Um, I actually found it Um, a lot simpler to deal with because you're getting all the level up points yourself like you you can make your one guy four times as buff but at the expense of being constantly targeted by everything yeah I think there's something to be said for the way that the single-player game seems to play a lot better than the four-player game in terms of the distribution of souls. Mm. It would almost be a case of, yeah, it doesn't. I played it. I played it a fair few times, but I played it. I played it a fair few times solo mode because every time I've seen a multiplayer version, mm. there's a lot of diplomat diplomacy diplomatic good yeah on. absolutely like you've got a, like i hate cuz i've got an idea how it works more than the other guys and like you don't want to be to to use the internet to like quarterbacking like you don't want to be telling everyone what to do no but you can see what you should be doing and they're not doing it you're like mm, you're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're dead we died well done but you don't want to do that with a game like that you want to play together and there's like a lot i think the more players you have the more strategy you need like it doesn't become about powering through it becomes about thinking your way through the problems and using yeah. the id like the aggro thing as like a, a as like a almost another tool in your arsenal like he's going to look at me next turn so i'm going to run away so he wastes it running over to me and then you waste your turn running over there and we'll hit him in the bum every time like there's more strategy when there's more people but I mean, I never felt that we were low on souls when we played four player. Like, I felt like we had enough. It was just we didn't. None of us could wield massive gear. We could only wield reasonable gear. I feel that you kind of, you kind of need to um, 
you need to forget certain things in it. See, I really enjoy what I play because mm. I guess I get in there and I'm like, okay, I kind of the gear you kind of get lucky with, but then I say, see number of sparks, I mm. set it up quite high. The beginning souls, I kind of set it up a little bit round about the same, sometimes a bit higher, depending on how you want to play. Okay. You got to be in the mood for the game though, because you got to be prepared for it kicking your ass, and you got to be prepared for it grinding. But I think. It's one of these strange games that benefits from people taking the stuff that it provides and putting and house ruling it to high dawn, basically. That's interesting because we haven't house ruled anything really like when we've played. We only kind of played with the basic rules and generally always got to the boss if not killed it. Like we've always been able to mm. get there. Like I've never found a power creep. Like the power only becomes a problem at the end and then it's for me it was tactics perhaps, but. Yeah. I don't know, I can see what you mean though. Like give yourself a little bit of a boost, especially if you're playing with people that haven't played before. Like you wanna you wanna have fun, like you don't want to play a board game for three hours and lose. Yeah, like, I've been, a I've half taken... an hour board game where you lose at the end, fine. Like that's alright, yeah. that's okay. But three hours of your life and then to go, Oh, we didn't do it. I think the only thing that I've done when I've played the single player game is to um sort the deck. Mm. So what I've done is I've taken the weakest weapons, okay, put them in a pile, taken the middle weapons, put them in a pile, taken the big weapons, put them in a pile, shuffled the medium, shuffled the light weapons, shuffled the medium weapons, shuffled the big boys. Sorry, the medium. The mediums. The mediums. The mediums. That's a medium. Mediums. That's the word. Where are you going? What size are you? I'm a medium. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then put them into a pile. So you're almost like stacking the deck. So you know at the very, very beginning you're going to be able to buy stuff that you can actually afford. Interesting. Because I don't think there's anything frustrating then when you go, okay, let's turn over the deck, let's see what there is. And then it's like, well, can you buy it? No, I can't. We just put it in a big pile until you can buy it. Like how in the the Dark Souls video game, if you beat the Asylum Demon at the start, he drops the Demon's Great Hammer you can only use if you have 50 strength, which isn't going to happen for another 40 hours. Yes. Here's this. You can't use it. Ah. Yeah. So that. what I do yeah. instead is I like I get the short sword, or you start off with your axe, and then you move on further up. So by the time, for the time you've kind of got to the point where you've maybe run it three, four times, mm. you're at the point where you have got enough souls as a single player. So when the cards that are coming up, you're actually yeah, I can I can get that. I can actually afford that. I can get the shield. I can get this armor, mm. and it makes for a little bit it's more like a soulsy experience because everybody talks about end game equipment and end game weaponry, so that's kind of why it is is it, do you know what the worst Dark Souls enemy as a board game is Dark Souls I've said it Whoa. if this had been if this had this, been, is this the Dark Souls of Dark Souls board game criticism It's because that hurts my head <laughs> I'm guessing what I'm saying, yeah, mm. is that if this had been under a, a different IP, let's I call think it, it let's would call have been... it um, Cleave Canyon. Let's call it Lords of the Fallen, right? If they'd actually done a proper board game. <laughs> oh, okay, goodbye. I'm out the door. I've left. I'm already gone. I'm gone. I've actually found your house and deleted the whole website. It's gone. <laughs> And that was Patrick Smith. I've become a wizard and flown away into the ether. <laughs> become a wizard. Don't, don't. There's only one person that's ever done that, I and I think he's he's asked us a question as well, I which is quite interesting. <laughs> um, no, but I reckon if it had been its own IP, mm. 
if it didn't have the Dark Souls IP on it and it had been taken for what it was, people would have maybe... I still I still reckon people would have welcomed it because it's a different way of doing a dungeon crawler. It's sold less. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> a lot of pressure coming through because True. of the because of that game, you yeah. know. But for but me, seriously, I think, yeah. Uh, as a board game, it's all right. Like I was initially quite yeah. Like I say, we we did a show about it. You can go back and listen. It's on our feed somewhere. It's a good show. Thanks. It's a good show. I talked a lot. Um, it's a good it's a good game, and I enjoyed playing it. But now I'm thinking, do I want to play it again? As it is. Mm, not really. Like for me, the attraction now is, hey, you've got fifty more miniatures coming in of things from that game you like to paint and make look nice. You've got, I've got a Lord Trek coming. I've got a Lord Trek. He's my absolute favourite. <laughs> more than Onion Knight, more than Havel the Rock, more than Solaire. Lord Trek is my absolute favourite, and I'm getting a toy of him. Yeah. <laughs> is he like? He's got the. Is he not the very kind of? Very semi high pitched, very kind of creepy sounding. Golden boy. When he talks. Yeah, he's golden. Yeah. He's got the, the, the armor with the hug arms on it and the pointy fingers up to the yeah. top. And he's secretly the good guy of that whole game. But let's not do this because I have another life to get to when we finished here. I can't do this for four hours again. The Trek is like the good guy time. of Dark Souls. I've said it. Come get me. There you go. Um, let's jump into a question. Whoa. <clears throat> Sticky, wow. sticky in the question. I don't like it. Wow, yeah, I'm sticking in the question, Mister No te- No Context, Jeremy. Wow. What's the, um, what's the context? He, I have no idea. He says, "Why is the DS board game so bad and terrible and not fun?" Well, I think to be fair, we probably covered some of that. Like that's it. I, I, yeah. I no, honestly, I can see people. Yeah, you know, we could goof answer for a while, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a proper answer. Uh, the random mechanics of it, like the fact that you are so reliant on random item appearings and random dice rolls dictating everything. The, the, the enemies have their own patterns of what they do, but you're relying so much on the randomness of the game is that it's very hard to strategize with a proper plan compared to, say, the video game where you know what's going to happen and what you need to do. Like, I'm going to hold up my shield. I'm going to hit him when he's not hitting me. Whereas in this game, it's like, roll for your shield. Oh, you rolled a zero. He hit you. But I did a shield, though. I did a shield. That's never not worked. I can, <laughs> it's not worked before. It's, it's always been fine. I hold my shield up and then the thing doesn't hurt me. Like That's just how that works. But no, I, I can completely understand why people wouldn't get on with it. Um, I, I think it's, in the grand scheme of games, it's all right. It's all right. It's, I don't think it's an instant classic game. Uh, mm. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's as, I don't think it's as good as it's contemporary we're going to talk about in a bit. That's controversial because I got some con-, con I've got some controversial things to say about that. Okay. Do you know Do you know it's major fault in it? Mm. And I like and I th- this is coming from somebody who does play it. The Dark Souls games are about learning. You don't seem to learn in this game. That's fair. You you maybe get better slightly better at your tactics, but it does come down to dice rolls, not strategy mostly, doesn't it? And it does turn into like a you can even say, well, you can have a boss mode, so that if you want to, you can skip the rooms that you've previously done. But you never ever feel, unless you're really, really kind of um, ranking up your guys, and then you're just smashing through, because that's the idea. You kind mm. of go back, you get more stuff, and then you're kind of smashing through. But it's never a case that you're automatically guaranteed to wreck anybody that you face. No. And that's what I feel about yeah, Dark Souls. Your, is, your basic <coughs> dude can still ruin you, can't they? Whereas in Dark Souls, you, you, you learn it and you just take the game to pieces, don't you? Yeah. 
by yeah. your by your second or third run of the video game, you're like, I'm not even looking at the enemies. I don't even need to see them. I'm Neo from the Matrix. I know when they're coming. I can hear the sound. I've parried you. I've pushed you off a cliff. I'm moving on with my day. You're not a problem exactly. anymore. Whereas, yeah, the book exactly. game is a lot more like every enemy could just out of nowhere get that sick critical hit on you yeah. and game over. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's where that's what I would say. Mm. I think people are going to have... But then on the other side, if you look on the community, people are writing rules and little rule books and, you know, um, different ways to play the game and their own version of how they're doing stuff. So it's kind well, of, Steam, I guess... Steamforged are doing it themselves, aren't they? Um, they've put out some, like, quick yeah. play rules for, like, Dungeon Crawl or, like, they put a boss battle mode yeah. out uh, the other day, yeah. which seemed mad as a box of fish. Um, no. And I, I know there are people writing, like, uh, like D&D RPG type rules just, just to use the minis for something. And I'd, I'd play a minis game like that with those. I that could be great fun. I think. Do you know beautiful. what I would? I would. I'd be tempted. I'd be tempted to um, run it like Hero Quest or something like that because it is mm. very Hero Questy. It yeah. is kind of like even the movement stuff. It's very random in terms of the dice and stuff, but you could run the kind of the miniatures thing that could potentially work. There's a lot of. I think the issue that you've got is when you've got things like Descent out there. And when you've got all these other massive darkness and all these other kind of dungeon crawlers out there, and then Dark Souls is so different and tried to do something different, mm. and then it came up, it was kind of like done on both sides. You had the video game people going, this is the video game, and then you had the board game people going, this isn't what I expected from the board game. I'm sorry, but the then, video game people, Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the video game. <laughs> And he didn't. He didn't use his dice in the right way. It was quite difficult. Oh, using using the old Michael Caine quivery voice. Yeah, exactly. The old Michael Caine woken voice. He was down. <coughs> he was down to one spark. It was awful. There was no way we were going to get through this boss. And then he came down and he attacked us with flaming lightning from outside. It was very <laughs> annoying. Can you can you just give me a master way and then we can move on. <laughs> I was trying to protect you, Master Wayne. I was trying to protect <laughs> there you. There it is. <laughs> oh, that's good. You're very good at voices. I'm very impressed. I've got to say, this has been this has been a learning experience for me tonight. I didn't know how many voices you could do. I could do them all. Um, <laughs> um, next question. But we'll move on because because the next question is to do well. We've got Mister Vader Van Oden, and he's going to lead in to say, "Should I buy?" Should I buy the Bloodborne game? Yeah. No. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Controversy on the podcast. What will happen? Find out after the break. That'll do. That's a good break, yeah. <laughs> do you like that? Just having a drink. Right. Let's get down to the nitty gritty, okay? Mm-hmm. There are certain games that are made that you kind of feel are sometimes being a little bit shoehorned into the mechanics in order to make the game work. Okay. I feel that Bloodborne is one of these games that had an extremely strong IP that became a very, very mediocre 
type car- card game. It was okay, hmm. but it didn't set my world on fire. I found it quite quick, but I also found it a bit... It's not bad. Is but it not as what weird you expected? As... It's exactly not what I expected. I think, see when Dark Souls... Where Dark Souls really tried to push the boat out and you feel that they really tried with the game. Mm. I almost felt that there was like, what are we going to do with this fantastic artwork? What are we going to do with these fantastic cards? What can we do with these, you know, what can we do with these lovely blood tokens? And then they got Eric Lang in and Eric Lang went, you heard of Bloodborne? Think so. (laughs) And then they kind of made a game. Now, I've got nothing against Eric Lang. He's a fantastic designer. He's designed games like The Godfather, which is just amazing. He was involved in that. He's done a whole pile of other games that, you know, big respect the others, everything like that. I, I've i tried Bloodborne on several occasions and went, I'm not sure I'm having fun. Now, I don't know if it was the people you were playing with at the time, mm. but I don't know if that has an effect, if you have to be kind of in the mood to be quite competitive. But yeah. I'm willing to hear your thoughts on it, okay. Mr. Smith, sir. Uh, well, in the, in the instance of true transparency, I, I should uh, pose that... You actually got me my copy of that game, so thank you, you sexual okay. Tyrannosaurus. You, you, you pusher of hard board game drugs. You, I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, yeah. No, seriously. Cheers. It was lovely. Um, so we played it with uh, with with our club, uh, with our board game club. Um, it, it doesn't. We don't, actually. It's not. They just come around. We play games and eat dinner. Like, it's not really a club. We just Tuesday nights is board game night. Um, so we. <laughs> We gave so it a go jealous. and had a quick look through the rules, sort of figured it out. And the cards, like, I think the cards are beautiful. I love the cards. Yes, they are. Uh, yes, the they oversized are. ones for the bosses are just, just, oh. Stunning. Just that Lovely. chef fingers gift, like that, oh, like that, oh, yeah. spicy meatball. Um, I like that you get a big cardboard Bloodborne guy as the first person marker. That's fun. Yes, it is. He's about nine feet tall as well. It's huge. You sort of sit this entire man on the table and you have to kind of go around his legs to play the board game. It's fantastic. Yeah, I found that yeah, our group that we play with were quite we're quite easy going with rules and stuff, and it it did get a bit competitive, like mostly between me and Laura, if I remember rightly, um, because of the way you kind of gamble what cards you play to do damage. Only the people that hurt the thing get the blood echoes for it, and it's about yeah. Again, it's sort of that prediction and pushing your luck a little bit, and they give you that transform card to kind of put the nod to Bloodborne's transforming weapons, where you can play the transform card down, and then you wait and see what everyone else has played, and then choose what you mm. play afterwards. I thought that was really clever. I enjoyed that mechanic, uh, and I used that to great effect. Like that, every time I played that, it worked. Like ah ha ha ha, I'm actually going to play the cannon. <laughs> None of you get any points. Points for me. <laughs> Like malevolent, and then on the other side of the coin, be like, "Oh, you've played the gun. Oh, well, I've got the. Oh no! But I was gonna shoot him, and yeah. now you've shot him twice. Yeah. I can't shoot him now. You are. Oh. And then you sit back, and you're a bit sad because you got outplayed. Um, but it's it like production values of the game are beautiful. The cards are lovely. The little blood tokens are just gorgeous. These weird yes, semi-translucent red discs are really nice. They look like blood, like blood vessels. If blood things are real. If if blood was real, if blood was real, that's what it would. Then that's what it would look like. (laughs) If blood was real, this is like some kind of yeah. Edward from Twilight came into my room. 
He breathed in the soft sun, his skin was glistening under the glaze of the moonlight, and he mopped the sweat from his brow and before he drifted over towards me and planted a kiss on my 87-year-old cheek. <laughs> and then whispered just sensually in my ear, Do you like ability tables? <laughs> I, mean, I think I'm into it now. <laughs> Do you want to roll for luck? It's <laughs> awful. Do you want to see um, my community chest? Oh, stop it! <laughs> Go to jail. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's good advice for anyone writing the Twilight board game fan fiction. Yeah, Go to jail. Go to jail. <laughs> there's no, yeah, yeah. there's no, like, there's no room for you in the outside world. You need to go away now. The other thing, okay, if the Dark Souls IP mm. tried to grab the IP with both hands. What were you doing with the Chalice Dungeons, dude? Come on. <laughs> I mean, if they take, you know, Jeremy Greer. Wow, wow. Jeremy Greer's favourite part of uh, of uh, Bloodborne. And um, they just... I was just like, what? I was kind of expecting... Do you know what I was kind of expecting? Law? I was kind of, Yeah. I was kind of expecting it to be a little bit more deeper because the Bloodborne lore, compared to the Dark Souls lore... This is very controversial. I find it's a lot more deeper and more layered than the conjecture that you get with Dark Souls. Dark Souls 1 and Bloodborne together, there's more parity there than with the other games. I I think I I agree with you. I think there's more, maybe more, slightly more going on in Bloodborne, but it's it's two different stories. They're they're different interesting stories in their own way, and there's different themes and stuff going on. I actually like that they went the Chalice Dungeon route, because for me... Uh, I have a big problem uh, in most forms of media with just oversaturation these days. Like yeah. everything has got to have like a comic tie-in. Hey, Bloodborne, uh, a book tie-in. Oh no, no, don't be a harsh uh, board on that because game. Are... Uh, yeah. To be fair, it's a board game show. I shouldn't really complain. Uh, but comic tie-ins, uh, web series, is blog tie-ins, uh, things you only get if you watch the Netflix show. Like I don't care. Like. What I want for me, Bloodborne, like the law stuff, was just really well encapsulated. It was just here is a lovely diorama. Look at this diorama. Look at it from all the sides. There's many things to see. All in this yeah. diorama. By the way, we've made a board game, and there's now another smaller diorama just behind it. It's not quite as good because it's not connected to the main piece, but there's bits of it mm. in there. I, and that's just the long metaphor. But I just I don't like it when people try and shoehorn plot into things that didn't that aren't the main IP. And that sounds very petty of me, and I know, but I can't think of many times when, like a novelization or like a an external book or comic or whatever, has made that big of a difference or that much of important a uh, uh, an impact as like the original work almost. I don't know. I watched that Reinhardt short about Overwatch, and I must mean shed a bit of a tear over that. But that's just you know now and again, but. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, like those animated shorts are, like, I suppose, part of it with that sort of thing. But I mean, I'm talking about like full length. Here's yeah. a big story now. For me, it's pre- prequels. It's the same thing as prequels. I can't stand a prequel. Like, oh, here's the story about the main characters, but before they did that big adventure, I don't care. I don't care about what Mike and Sully did at Monster University. I just care about that time they went through a door and found a child. Yeah, I can see it, but. <clears throat> 
yeah, mm. I can kind of see that. That is just me. Like, I just I I like it when, especially when something like like Souls or like Bloodborne has such a big impact or such a big focus on the law. Like here's this really well crafted law. We've taken years to put this together. It's this perfect combination of all these law bits. Also, there's a comic about one of the hunters running about a bit. It, it doesn't really add much. Like I and I'm not trying to poo poo it before it comes out because I mean we'll probably talk about this ourselves on our own show later. Um, yeah. I just I just don't care enough anymore. I just I don't like add-ons. None of them ones I've read. The closest I've had to one that I've enjoyed maybe there were Ratchet and Clank comics and Samurai Jack comics, but they were like side stories. They were just like they were fun, but they're not important in the grand scheme of things. They're just sort of a fun odd side story because those. Uh, those sort of properties allow you to have fun, odd side stories because it's about going on weird adventures. Whereas, like Bloodborne or Dark Souls, is here is a world, there is a thing happening, there is an important story happening. By the way, when, uh, if you don't roll good dice, you won't find out the rest. Yeah, and I like the no challenge dungeon idea. Like, it makes more sense to me as a dungeon crawling, or yeah, I suppose it's a card game, but it's a dungeon it's a crawling game. game. Let's crawl in some dungeons. We've got some. Do you know what? Maybe because I was expecting more. Again, mm. that was it. When I opened the box, I was expecting more. When there's a lot more that you get, a lot of depth that you can get in card games and yeah, it's kind of co-op, co-op competitive, isn't it? Like you work together yeah. and against each other. And I kind of I like those kind of games. It was a twist in the norm because it was a case of well, all hunters are against each other. At the end of the day, most hunters end up kind of fighting against each other. I mm. mean, this is this is something that happens through Bloodborne. The Chalice Dungeons, I guess, yeah, you line up with other people and you go, you take the kind of the semi-competitive route. You're not really being competitive. You're always working with people to kind of help them out. So I I think I just need to play an awful lot more. I think it's maybe something that I need to give a chance. I guess if they had said to me that we're going to be doing a, a kind of a board game, miniatures board game, I don't know. I'd probably, do you know what? I'd probably just be Captain Skeptical Joe at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Because I'd be like, after, again, is the Bloodborne IP a bit more precious to me than the Dark Souls one? Mm, it's a hard I choice, isn't it? Um, it's a difficult one. It's almost the case that they've put so much like lemonade in the bourbon that is Dark Souls that all you seem to be able to taste nowadays is the lemonade. That's good. I mean, it's not good, but it's a good metaphor. Whereas the bourbon is still, you know, the, the Bloodborne... The bourbon, it's re- deep red. It's, it's still like just sitting Mary. there in your hand. It's, like it is. it's just sitting there in your hand and you can still go in and take a sip of it and it's still the purity. There's nothing that's taking away from it just yet. It's not like, you know, as I say, it's not like, I don't want them to have Bloodborne 2. I don't want Bloodborne 2. No, same. Let's, you know, same. They, made thir- they made 13 episodes of Faulty Towers, yeah? They could show that series again and again and again, and it's absolutely fantastic. They knew when to finish stuff back then, and they left it, and it's perfect. I don't want Bloodborne 2. No, I the same. fully, fully yeah. agree with you on, on every count there. Like, I, I don't need it. Like, stop. Let it die. Hideo Kojima does not have to make Metal Gear anymore. Hey, surprise. Kojima's the first Metal Gear game after Kojima left Konami is a goddamn zombie survival game. What is mm. that? I mean, what better That's example not... is there than that? Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what happens to the Resident Evil board game. Mm, looks interesting. It looks like it has the same sort of mechanics. It looks, again, more luck-based, but I like the you build a mansion with doors and tension deck that looks quite fun. Yeah, and so it has we'll an see. add-on that's a giant crocodile. I mean, 
What's not to like? It's a giant crocodile. It's got one box of add-ons that's like five different versions of William Birkin in his different stage of transformation from <laughs> eyeball bicep all the way up to giant teeth slug. That's just fantastic. God, I really want so, it. Going back to the question, mm. should I should I buy the Bloodborne game? If you've got good mates to play it with, because it's three to five, uh, we played before and that's quite a good set. I think with good friends yeah. to play it with, uh, yeah. Um, I think it's something you need to play with people that you know and like and don't mind getting competitive with and it's all fun-spirited. You won't hate each other by the end of it. Whereas sometimes I've played some games, you get to the end, you just resent everybody. Like, we played Risk once at uni and it took us four hours and we just, like, we're just done. Just just done. Everyone had checked out. Like, the game was just progressing and we weren't trying. It was just like, one of us lose. Which is better at the Dark Souls and Bloodborne board game? This is what the Vader's follow-up question is. Okay, well, for me, out of what's the better board game... Yeah. Uh, I prefer Bloodborne. Out of what's the better collection of tiny plastic things to look at, it's Dark Souls. That's um, that's how my split lies, and I can't I can't separate them any other ways. Dark Souls has got better bits, whereas Bloodborne is a better game, and it's cheaper. I like it's cheaper as well. I must say, I kind of like. Uh, I could go and set up Dark Souls just now and play through it. If I by myself, and I know I've got a couple hours to waste, mm. I'd go and play it by myself. I've got other games I could play, but they always you can't. It's almost like it's not designed as much for the single player. I can go in and crack on to the Dark Souls board game. I wouldn't have an issue with that at all. So opposite sides. Vader, buy both. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, his next question is, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? As much wood as a woodchuck could. Next question. Absolutely fantastic. Richard Thorpe. Chris Thorpe, do you use any house rules for Dark Souls, and if so, which ones make the most difference? Looking forward to the expansions mega boxes. We've kind of answered that. Mm. Um, cards, card stacking, stacking the deck, in not in your favour, but necessarily to make it getting the appropriate weapons for the levels that you're at is always good, um, and that makes the most differences. You don't even really need to worry about changing the sparks or increasing the number of souls mm. that you basically, have. Basically, what you've done is you've ensured you've not walked into Harrods with a fiver. Well, I've done that, but I've always had a Harrods bag at the back of it, and then you can shoplift and tell your dad drop. Whoa! <laughs> That's what you need. Don't talk about shoplifting. Not this week. I've had shoplifters all week. Oh, have you? You're one choking of them, me. No joke. One of them claimed to have an evil twin. A twin <laughs> sister who, who is vile and nicks stuff. Oh, really? In the exact same way that you are, with one Fucking thing under your arm and another one on the counter to try and distract me. I'm not stupid, love. Oh, my goodness. She said she had an evil twin. What world are we living in? <laughs> well, we've got, we've got, we've got a big, big evil orange twin on the other side of the world. Well, so there you go. Um, let's see. Yeah, so that's do you use any house rules? Yes. Are you looking forward to the expansions, mega bosses? Yeah. Not sure. Yeah. I, th- I am for yeah. one reason, not to play, just to look and paint. Look and paint. I I ordered the. Uh, I've got all obviously all the expansions coming. So you've got like a smelter demon and a seralon and uh, mimics coming and crystal lizards and and all sorts Seth. of. I didn't get that. Neither did I. I, got, but I don't regret it. I got no the shame. gaping dragon because I need that giant teeth boy. Oh, he's so good. I'm going to use so much dirty yellow paint on his teeth. I might just bite a bag of sweets. <laughs> I, I've actually not. Do you know that? You've not, not, not got any expansion. Oh, to be fair, I, I only got it because I saw it come up. It was the mm. first one that came up, and I saw it, and 
you know when you know that you're getting something hmm. and like nothing you can do can convince you otherwise you see it and you're like I need that outside of anything else anything else in that game I need that giant teeth boy with his arms yeah. spread out wide going Argh! like I need that I need to have it and look at it and enjoy it <laughs> do you know what I mean it must be brilliant to be Steamforged and say go like that go Dave Dave what Dave, we need some more money. Why? Because we run out of milk. I tell you what, I'll open up the pledge manager again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like, as time I've people... looked at some of the other packs, like I quite like the asylum demon, just a big fat boy with a hammer. Like I exactly. quite like having one of those. To be honest, I think it looks quite cool. You get to the point that there'll be people that say, "Well, I spent um, I spent eighty-five pounds, but that was two thousand and sixteen. So technically, yeah, this is this year's board game purchases." I'm, spe- I'm spreading this out over a fan- financial year, and if I play my cards right, I could potentially make this tax deductible. <laughs> <laughs> and the same, the same guy in the office goes, Dave, 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 we, we, we need some more money, but we don't want any this time. We just want to waste a few a few months. I'll put a Dark Souls 3 boss out then. Like, <laughs> who wants Vort of the Boreal Valley as a toy? Who oh, wants that? Who wants no, Vort over a gaping gosh. dragon? Come he's on. like a little dog. He's, yeah, I like him. Ah, oh, he's just a a big boy that's on his knees. He's kind of prances about. You can he's have excited. An demon. You can have a giant fat butt demon with. A he's big like hand. a puppy. He's like an icy puppy. He's running about just because he's a little bit violent with his axe. You can't hold it against him for that. Come on. <laughs> he may exist. He may have his own principles, but I don't want him in my house. I don't mind him in my house. I would put a big fur jacket on him. Um. <laughs> Brian Brian Wade says Buwady. The Wade. Um he says Bloodborne by a mile, so I guess guess he's answering um he's answering Vader's question. Bloodborne by a mile. Bloodborne by a mile. Um I I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> it's like kind of sound Australian. You just go up at the end of your sentence. Um, okay. Young Hemingway. Now this is an interesting question. And we'll jump back into other things as well because we've got the sad part of the show oh, to God, come up. Yeah, God. Which Monopoly piece would Miyazaki use and why? Oh. Okay, which ones are there? There's hat. There's a dog. There's a ship. There's a there's a car. There's an iron. He'd use the iron. There's a boot, isn't there? He would use the iron. I think he'd use the boot, and then he'd write some law stuff on the bottom of it. And you only like learn it when you pick it up and look at it. And turn it over like, oh, there's something written on this. Oh, oh, it says here that the Monopoly man once didn't have much money and wore simple clothing. Is this the shoe the Monopoly man wore? Oh, dear. It's just, no. Or it's maybe you take the dog and then be sad when he lost and it, like tip it on its side and then we'd all sit there and weep a little bit. No, because he'd go, he go, get the iron because you can put it in the, the first flame and you can use it. To sort yourself out because you're a creased mess. I maybe I mean maybe he'd he'd use the iron and then when he'd finished he'd put it in his pocket and take it home. Uh, we call this the iron keep. <laughs> or then he'd sit on a throne and then he'd be the iron king. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And then he'd wait until he was seventy and then he'd be the old iron king. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm dead. You've killed me. <laughs> Speaking to you from the other side. Oh, okay, okay, Gary, Gary, Gary Butterfield. Gary Butterfield. Hi, Gary. Oh my goodness. Hi, Gary. 
Okay, here he comes. What's he coming in with? The Bloodborne game isn't really that much better. Fine at first blush, but little staying power. I had hopes. Well, I mean, that kind of feeds into... I I think Gary is probably in the same position as me, uh, being a quote-unquote professional Dark Souls person for a while. Just worn out Mm -hmm. with it. Yeah, I've just lived and breathed it for like four years, and uh, it, you know, I, I quite like the the uh, the card game Bloodborne. I, I quite enjoy its snipey backbitiness. But again, maybe it's who you play with. Like I, I had a lot of fun with our group because we kind of just let the game breathe a bit and have fun with the. Oh, you played that card. Oh, screw you! Like mechanics, you need like, the, that was fun. You need people that aren't willing to kind of like take a vendetta against you. That they're willing to play for that round and then play for that round because if they extend it into the next round, then it can become a bit of a oh well you did that well I'm doing this to you yeah. and it's like play, come play on, to win but not at the extent expense of fun. I know. Well, here we go. I can, see, I can see people being disappointed though, like with it because I mean how do you, how do you turn Bloodborne into a card game? I know, but good effort. It's, it's a good it's a good attempt and it's about the closest I think you're going to manage. So. And I like There's nothing it. wrong with it. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. Let's finish off these questions because there are quite a few, and then we can go into the sad part of the show. Sad times, which I'm kind of excited about hearing the bit that comes after the sad part of the show because it sounds like it's going to be very, very exciting. The lore hunter, Sean W. He's lovely. Lovely. We love him. Lovely boy. What's his question though? He's questioned, what are your favourite variants for the Dark Souls board game? I don't think I'll ever play Standard again. Always the classic Dungeon Crawl variant and the Boss Rush variant for me. As I say, not touched into them myself. Same. No, they exist. Um, I like I'm the kidding, variant I'm... where you don't play it and you paint the figures and they make them talk to each other. <laughs> He's also asked, how do you feel about the delay for the wave um, that was recently announced? Absolutely fine. Don't mind. It's a bit of a, a pain that you've got to wait a year for the bits to come. But they're making them better. Like the minis they brought out for the armor set one, for instance, like the Havel and the Latrek armors and the Black Iron sets, were just a guy standing there doing like. Yeah. I think they were doing. I don't think they were even doing any of the emotes. They were just stood still. Whereas like a lot of the feedback was like, nah, give them the weapons and make them stand cool. So they're doing that exactly. instead. Which is so that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, much much better. Like I find, I'm, if it makes the thing better, I say this with video games. If it makes the thing better, delay it as much as you need it. Put it out when it's done. That's what I say about when people say, what's the best advice for Kickstarter? It's like, you don't put the Kickstarter out until you're ready to go. Mm. And you don't know when you're ready to go. And it's the same with delivering the end product. So, not first either. You'll get a nice surprise that's going to turn up in the middle of, before the middle of next year. I'm buying myself what's, an August what's, present. Exactly. What's nice? What's, what's, what's bad about that? Yeah. What's bad about that? Mr. Mr. Butterfield comes back again. He actually says a couple of things, but it's kind of interesting that he rings Bell. He says, Dark Souls should have just been Hero Quest esque. Give me 10 really meaty authored missions rather than this random chalice. Ran- this random chalice ass shit. I mean, that's his. Uh, you keep saying Hero Quest, and I keep coming back to that video by. I can't remember who it is. The guy with the oh, beard. The yes. best part about the Dark Souls board game is the Belfry Gargoyle. <laughs> The best thing about the Dark Souls board game is the board. It's certainly not the storage solution. <laughs> oh, controversial. But true. Listen, I, I, I kind of brought that up with Dave Curl when I spoke to him when he was on the show. Um, right, okay. Anybody asking any other questions? We don't think there's any other questions. Is there any other questions? There isn't any other questions. Do you want me to check my Twitter just in case? 
Yeah, you I might could. have different sponsors. You never know. Let's let's have a let's let's just do a real time Twitter check. Twenty two notifications. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, you're a popular boy. Jesus. I think it's this the same ones happens. you've been reading. It's just all kind of pinged in at once. Yeah. Jesus Christ. No. Okay. No. Nothing. Nothing new for me. No new questions here. <laughs> no. No new questions here either. But that's the funny thing is that I usually go. Anybody got any questions? And it's just like. It's because it's because you got your boy. It's because it's got with your boy your on boy's there. Your boy's in. Oh, is, it, is it even more? It would be Hero Souls. Oh, here we go. The conversa- It's just c- having a conversation no, Twitter, at the timeline without asking. Let's talk. Twitter. We'll just try to talk. Stop typing. Stop. No. Stop tweeting. No. You listening. Now, stop tweeting. Put it down. Thanks. But now we come to the sad part of the show. Oh. Um, now, mm. joining me today is... Um, Mr. Patrick Stardust. Thank you. Hello. And um, I know it's tough and I know it might take a little bit of time, but you're here to talk about um, a tragic unboxing that happened with your recent copy of uh, Gloomhaven. If you'd like to um, fill us in on on the details, Mr. Stardust. Certainly. Thank you. Thank you for the podium. Um, So I I, uh, was actually led to Gloomhaven by my wife, Laura. Uh, she noticed it on, I think, Polygon, did a piece about it, and it yes. seemed interesting, and I'd not heard of it before then, and we did a bit of Googling, like, ooh, top ten on board Game Geek since it came out. Ooh, that's promising. Dungeons and Dragons without a dungeon master and lots of fun pieces. Ooh. And every single thing we read about was like, ooh, that sounds like our kind of thing. Ooh. Second printing <laughs> Kickstarter with minis, only £90. Ooh. Have I reached a point in my life where £90 is acceptable for a board game? I have. Ooh. <laughs> oh, it hurts. It hurts and so then. much. Uh, so I, I did the duty. I ordered the thing. I paid the extra $10 to get the solo mm. scenario pack, which I've not been allowed to look at yet because it says don't look at it yet. So I've not. Uh, I love legacy games. They're great, aren't they? Don't look at this. Here's a game. Don't look at this bit, though. Wait. Earn it. Oh. So I, I did my order, and that was oh, middle of the year, early in the year, maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe let's let's but let's let's say May. I don't think it yeah. was May, but we're going to say May. So I ordered it, and I got it done, and it was like second printing, so it was definitely happening. And they were, they kind of killed it. They did like another two and a half million quid or something stupid. Like it really exploded out from there, which was cool. And to me, ninety quid's quite reasonable considering what it was going for on eBay at the time. Uh, so I ordered it and then I waited and I waited and I just checking my Kickstarter updates every now and again like oh here's an update from the Dark Souls game and oh here's, here's one from Subterra and oh here's one from the Gloomhaven oh is it there yet no 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 it's still a month away oh okay um, Kickstarter messages dear God like stop it um, <laughs> and uh, last last week or last week ish it appeared uh, typically on my day off when I was at home and I got a text to say oh Gloomhaven's here it's like oh cool. I'll be in tomorrow. Like, I'm not going to work now just to get it. So the next day I, I got to work and I saw this just enormous. Yeah, what did you think? Because I'm interested because I've seen pictures of people going, here's Gloomhaven and here's my baby. <laughs> and the baby can fit inside the box. It's, I swear, <laughs> this is the biggest board game box I have by quite a way. It is probably six to eight inches high. Uh, it's a good, you know, 12, 14 inches square. It weighs nearly 10 kilograms. 10 kilograms! That's ridiculous. That's a leg. 
like <laughs> or a meat or a meaty arm or a moderate dog. Like that's <laughs> that's, that's a lot a of dog. cardboard in that box. In that box, you get seventeen hundred playing cards. You get eighteen big punch boards to pop your pieces out. Of. You get eight, uh, eighteen miniatures, seventeen boxes to put all your stuff in. You get pads of paper. You get stickers. You get a board. You get all sorts of other bits and chips and tokens and stuff. Like there's so much in the damn box. Like I had to when I was, was um, I got it home and sort of showed Laura the bits and said, right, we're gonna I'm gonna spend an evening. Uh, I'm gonna spend an evening one one day this week unpacking this putting all the pieces in bags and organising it because every enemy has its own behaviour card, uh, sort of its own stat card, and then a set of eight behaviour cards and then anywhere between uh, six and ten uh, standees for each enemy type like, there's a lot of stuff I thought I'm going to get it organised so when I want to play it I can just find it all Um, uh, side note, I've actually bought a a box file for the uh, floor tiles, so the ones that make up the dungeon uh, all have letters on, so you've got like A is a seven by seven one, and B is a corridor, and C is like a a bendy corridor, and D is a small square room. Like, and they've all got like letters. So I bought a box file with the sort of components in, and put each letter in its own bit. So if I know that the book says get set get a uh, piece uh, G five and C two, I can just go with the G file and the C file, and I've got a dungeon rather than dig mm. through the box because the storage solution in the box is similarly not brilliant. I mean, there's a little insert in the bottom where you can put most of the cards, and kind of works if you don't mind stacking everything on top of your cards. And I do mind. Yeah, I do mind, and I, I think it's it's okay, but I can see why they make like custom game box inserts for that game that are like eighty quid. Yeah, it's a whole other industry. Do I want to spend another eighty quid to store this board game? No, I'll use plastic mm. bags. And I was using yeah. plastic bags instead. So I was popping all the damage tokens and putting them in and just making sure I had enough. Uh, and this this is where we start getting to the, the meat of the problem. So I was spending Sunday, uh, a week and a half ago, I sat in the kitchen. Uh, I had the day to myself, I had some music on. Uh, I, was listening to, mm-hmm. I, think I was listening to a podcast, in fact. I was listening to uh, the JoJo's World podcast, a wonderful podcast about the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure anime. Uh, if, okay. if any of that sounds familiar to you, give it a listen. They're lovely boys, and they're from Australia. So <laughs> every show just kind of sounds fun. I think they're from New Zealand. <laughs> I think I've just offended them. Sorry, Liam and Nick. Um, but yeah, it, it's a good, so I was listening to that and popping, popping out cardboard, which was yeah, fun. And I That's take okay. immense... I don't know about you... But, like, if I get a, a big punch board and it's got lots of little tokens in it, like, I get such immense pleasure out of just popping tokens out, like... It's it's bubble wrap. But with cardboard. It's bubble wrap. Do you like popping out tokens? Oh. <laughs> so I sat there do like, and I was popping do you like, out... Do you like put using your fingers? Ooh. Put your finger through this. Ooh. So I've got these 18 punch boards piled up next to me and I'm taking them one yeah. at a time and I'm popping out the pieces. So here's a, here's a piece of floor yeah. tile. There's some damage yep. tokens. There's some yeah. Enox, which are like orcish guys with horns. Uh, here's some vermlings, which are like little rat boys, like kind of popping them out. And I was kind of making little piles. So here's all of those. Here's all of those. There's six of them. There's 10 of them. And I'm just going quite well. I had the manual out in front of me so I could see, you know, how many of each one I needed. Uh, sort of thing. Right, I need about, oh, I need another five doors. Where are the doors? Oh, they're on that pile. I'll get them in a minute. So I was popping things out, and I lean over to to put something uh, to one side, and I lean back, and the top part of my hand clips the cup of my tea, and my teacup tips over and spills over the manual and over several 
of the pieces of my £90 board game that I had not yet played. I said a very loud swear. A very loud, very bad swear. I bet you did. Oh, I'm not even going to say it. Because the podcast will get taken down from iTunes for adult content. Really? It was a bad couple of words that I said. I was furious. Uh, I then immediately picked... And it was not even a half. Like It was most of a cup of tea. Like It wasn't even like the dribbles. It was quite a bit of tea. It was a flood. Well, so I, I picked the teacup up. I fling the teacup out of the way. You know, I put it back on the side. I, I grabbed the manual up. The pages have already stuck together. A second in and the pages are already stuck together. I retrieve that out, I grab a tea towel, I start picking the cardboard up and trying to stem the flow of water. Luckily, we had a tablecloth. Uh, so oh the tablecloth soaked up a fair bit of it, which does save quite a lot of it. But the bottom of each pile, uh, of maybe about seven or eight piles of them, the bottom one of each one got absolutely sodden, uh, with them getting a bit worse as they go up. Uh, I would say, in terms of how many pieces got wet... I had about seven yeah. or eight really, really wet ones. I had about 20 yeah. that were a bit wet, and I had maybe another another 20 that were just a little bit iffy. Um, well, Patrick, yeah. um, I hate to tell you, but actually we do have the cup of tea on the show tonight that you spilled. <laughs> in typical Jeremy I'm doing that. Fashion. I'm doing that Jeremy Cole thing where I just sort of put my head in my hand and I look away. Like, I look like I'm really upset. I'm like, Whoa. Oh, just, oh, he asked him. Look at him. We're just going to ask. It's just even asking him along, just to to give to give it side of the story. Just give it side of the story. Um, but <laughs> wow, I, you, you know. mug, you ruined my game, you mug. <laughs> I was just sitting there, wasn't I? So I was just. <laughs> I'm not talking to the cup. I refuse. I can't. It's still too painful. I bet you talked to the cup at the time. I though. did call I mean, the cup some things. <laughs> So here's here's the thing. It was absolutely yeah. and 100% my own fault. Like, it was absolutely me. I clipped, and it was a tall cup of tea. If it had been a regular-sized cup, if I hadn't been so goddamn tea-thirsty, <laughs> it wouldn't have been a problem. God but I just... It, I, 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 what I did is I... I know, tea-thirsty. Just let us sink in. This is brilliant. So took, what, happened, what happened to Jeb? He was just too goddamn tea-thirsty. He needed, he needed that leaf. I needed that bergamo. Oh, that's um, so I, I grabbed a tea towel and I, I grabbed the pieces up and I started frantically kind of squeezing the water out of them and the tea out of them, drying oh them up. God. And they were like one or two of them. You squeeze them and like it was welling up on the edges. Like oh no, none of the like the paper on the outside. So none of the pictures are like the rock trolls. There was a rock troll that was really bad. He was the worst one. And like the pictures were still fine. They're a bit darker, but they were okay. Yeah. So what I did is I found uh, on Laura's idea. I got some kitchen roll. I laid the kitchen roll. I put the like a layer of pieces on the kitchen roll, put some more kitchen roll on top, then found a couple of like thick books, like D&D books that I've got, uh, my copy of Time Watch, which turned up a while ago. So I put that on top, which is nice and heavy. Uh, then a bit some more tea towel, then some more wet pieces, then another another big heavy book. And then I, I found the heaviest game I have, which is uh, it's actually the Cards Against Humanity, like big, big box, which we've got basically full. So it's like a good mm. two and a half, three feet of cards, so I kind of just put that on top to squeeze it down. And it did help. Like, they have all dried flat. They don't necessarily go in the plastic stands without ripping on the edges. Um, but they are currently workable for now. The manual, I had to hair dry. Uh, I had to. S- oh, has it gone crinkly? Uh, 
that would be like saying it has gone crinkly is like saying Antarctica's a bit snowy. Oh, yeah. Is it crimp, sir? It's, is it crimp? It, it is like a 90s girl's hair. It is crimped. Wow. Um, wow. It, yeah, I had to sit there with the with the, um, with the hairdryer, opening each page, drying it off quickly. So not like doing too much in case I dried them shut. Um, peeling each bit off. Now, everything is readable. The front cover has disintegrated from the staples, and so is the inside page. It's all still there, and it's all still readable. It's a pain to flip through, because sometimes the middle page falls out, and you have to pick it up off the floor. So you're trying to find a particular rule, and the rule falls away. You're like, okay. Okay. Um, but I've managed to, to salvage it. It's all workable. Like I've got it in, and I've kept the pieces that got wet separate. Uh, so what I've done since is I sent an email over to Cephal Affair, who made the game. Uh, and yeah, yeah. I said, I, I was honest. I was like, guys, I'm an idiot. I have tipped T over my manual uh, and boards one to six, because I knew which one I was up to. I was doing it in order. Could I please have a new manual and boards one to six? I will pay you whatever I need to. And they were very reasonable about it. They said, yep, yeah, no problem. $10, including shipping from America is quite good. Yeah. Uh, uh, happy to pay it. You know, top customer service straight away, in and out. Um, give that on your Amazon review. Um, yeah, just such, <laughs> such nice, good, right, friendly. I said, look, I know you guys are busy. Like, it's all shipping out right now. You don't need some dumbass to ruin his game before he's even played it. Um, but have you got any spares? And they're on, they've been ordered. I don't know how long they'll take to get here. They're not here yet. But the, the response from the guys at Cephalo was amazing. Like They're really, really cool guys. Uh, nothing but thumbs up. So if you do happen to ruin your own copy of Gloomhaven, they'll hook you up. But don't ruin your own copy of Gloomhaven because you'll be annoyed for a week. I looked Have at it you? and I got sad. I keep looking at it and going, you idiot. It's one of these things, isn't it? Yeah, I just, and I just, I couldn't believe it. Like, it was slow motion as well. Like, I saw the T going over. I was like, no. no. If only there was some way out of stopping time and kind of running in and taking all the pieces out of the way. But no, unfortunately, I'm not a time wizard. Because we're not wizards oh. here. Callback. That's right. That's pretty good callbacks. Have you, have you played it yet? I've played it. Oh, it's really okay. good. Oh, it's... It does it. Does it live up to the hype? Oh, it really actually properly does. It's legitimately brilliant. Is it? Who's it? Who's it? Brilliant. Okay, it's brilliant. So I'll give you a very rough Gloomhaven rundown. Okay, Gloomhaven has a scenario book, so it has a plot and a story, and you play along with the plot, and you kind of decide your own choices as you go. So it's very much almost choose your own adventure. Um, you have a giant map, and on that map, you put stickers on as you uncover locations. So you build the map as you play it. So when you beat a thing, it's like, oh, well, uh, you could uh, uh, follow the evil lady and go do this. Or instead, you come back with me to town and we'll deal with the real problem. So here's location 7 and location 9. And they go on the map at points A2 and C7. And then like, right, where do we fancy going now? Um, the character um, system is really fun. Uh, each character's got its own mini. I've picked the Cragheart, who is a rock man who did not learn how to master one of the elements. So had his glassy chest piece smashed in, as is the oh. way. Um but they have their own abilities. He's basically really good at throwing rocks at guys. All his powers are about, <coughs> I'm going to throw a rock at you now. Um, Laura's using the Spell Weaver, uh, which is, wow, well, it's a wizard, really. I mean, it's a... It's just can't even... It is a wizard. Uh, but there are some, some dunk powers, like really good powers um, that do lots of damage very well. 
Um, so each uh, mission is made up. You kind of put a board together using sort of balls from the box. Uh, there's mm. a little plot that goes along, like you have encountered the so-and-so encampment, and this happens. And then you put markers on, like if you go through this door, then this will happen. If you open that door, then that happens. Or the scenario only wins when you've beaten... Uh, one we did last time was kill enemies equal to twice the amount of characters playing. So we had to kill ten because there were... Uh, sorry, uh, five times the amount of characters playing. So we were two of us to kill ten. Whoa. That was fun. Um, and yeah, it's... So combat is done with cards. Uh, you are given a hand of cards. Uh, my crag heart can hold 11. Laura can hold 8. Um, on your turn, you have to play two of them. Uh, mm. And you use the top action on one and the bottom action on the other one. Top ones tend to be attacks. Bottom ones tend to be moved. But there are other things that are on them as well to kind of give you more tactical ideas. Um, you also have an initiative number on the middle of each card. And you choose which one you're going to go on. But you cannot, you can't talk specifically to your friends. So you can say... You can't say, on initiative 17, I'm going to move four and use my avalanche to attack three. You can say, I'm going to try and go early, run over there and hit him with a rock. Basically, that's in place to stop you metagaming because there are a lot of numbers uh, yeah. and to preserve the randomness of it and kind of the, the thrill of like a real kind of scrappy fight, you, your cards you think of doing might be irrelevant by the time your turn comes around and you might be able to use the other action on the card so instead of using the top action on your first card the bottom action on your second one flip it around, use the top action on the second one instead uh, in any order you want uh, and when you play those two cards they then get discarded or sometimes lost if you have a particularly powerful move you have to lose the card and that's gone uh, and you have to play two cards every turn uh, and you have to rest to get them back and whenever you rest you then lose another card so there's like a built in limit on how many turns you get it's amazing. Yeah, so my hand, my, my crag heart can go quite a while, uh, whereas Laura's character only has eight cards, so she has to rest after the four turns, uh, and then again after another three, and again after another three. Like, there's a built-in time limit, and if you're if you're burning like the good power on your card, you're losing cards even faster. Uh, and you don't have to use them; you can substitute any top attack for like a two attack, and any bottom one for a move two. Yeah, yeah. So you can substitute out for a, a basic attack if you don't want to do the dunk thing, uh, but then. When things line up in your favour, you know, the good thing is always worth doing. Um, if you've got six enemies stood near each other, then yeah, you bet your ass I'm going to do the Dirt Tornado and confuse them all. Like, <laughs> dirt Tornado. Dirt Tornado. It does a tornado <laughs> that hurts them all a little bit and muddles them. Um, combat's dealt as well. Uh, so there's a, a modifier deck as well uh, that you play. So where in like D&D you'd roll a dice to see if you hit a thing or roll yeah. the damage. Similar? Uh, but you've got a modifier deck. You have one, uh, every character has one, and the enemies have one between them. Yeah. So when you play an uh, attack, I'm going to attack three on the guy in front of me. You may have bonuses yourself, like you may have eaten a power potion, or you may have a bonus on you for whatever reason, to add on to that as well. Then you turn over the top card of your modifier deck, which can be either like a zero, or a minus one, or a plus one, or a plus two, uh, which will affect how much damage you do. So if you're like, oh, I'm going to do my two damage attack, and then you flip over a minus two card... You did a zero attack. Well done. You screwed it up. Um, and various things will give you like advantage and disadvantage where you draw two and take the best or take the worst. Uh, there's a zero card in there, which means your attack did no damage, like a null card, which means no damage whatsoever. And there's also a times two card. So if you get that when you do your big attack, it becomes a double big attack. Um, and they get taken out when they come round. Uh, the enemies have the same thing as well. So uh, a bog standard skeleton who's going to attack you for two damage might very well attack you for four damage giving you some problems um, yeah. and it's like tactical and deep and encourage you to think tactically and still push your luck a little bit um, but kind of play to the scenario and you can see what's happening and kind of try and react to things and 
play off each other's ideas. And the fact they don't let you talk specifically means it does kind of keep it more vague. Uh, you're not metagaming because it's a game you could easily metagame. Like, and it does recommend if you are one person playing two characters, you have to up the difficulty by one. Uh, so if you're playing a level one scenario, you have to up its difficulty to level two um, to, to kind of cope with the fact that you know what you're going to do. Which is a good call. I really enjoy that like idea. Um, each... You sound surprised. It's amazing. You actually genuinely sound surprised. You're kind of remembering. It sounds like, I'm just remembering everything that I've done with it. And mm. yeah, this is absolutely fantastic. The card stuff is fascinating. Because I would have thought the easiest thing to do would be, let's have some flashy dice. Yeah, but no, guess... it's, it's a deck. But here's, a good, here's why they've gone with the deck. I can tell you why they've done the deck. As yeah. you do challenges uh so as you play uh your character you make we're, we're going to get to why the deck's important we're going to we're going to go a roundabout route but we are going to get there don't worry we're getting there so your character has a hand of the cards they can play um equal to the level they're on um they can gain more cards as they level up as well uh you gain gold and experience which you can use to level up by more potions to level up your guide to different levels um as well uh and you also have uh like a secret goal so at the start of when you make a character you draw two of the goal cards each Look at it. Pick one secretly. We've kind of shown each other ours because it says it doesn't. You don't have to keep them secret, but you can do it if you want. We decided to show each other ours just for the first time. So mm. uh, we draw two cards. Pick one you like. Put the other one away, and that's your battle goal. So that's your guy's main quest for being Gloopaven. You're not out to save the world. You're out to do something for yourself and then retire. So when you've done that goal, your character retires from the game. They go back in the box, and you pick a new person. Yeah. yeah. So the one I'm using, uh, I'm using the Kragheart, and I've managed to pick one called uh, Trophy yeah. Hunt, where you have to kill 20 different kinds of thing. And when I've killed 20 different kinds of thing, there's some flavor text with it as well, but I've killed 20 different kinds of thing, my Kragheart uh-huh. will retire and go back in the box, and all his cards will go away, and I will then get to pick a new character to build. And I'm, because I did that particular quest, a new box will open. So at the start of the game, you can only pick from six characters, and there are like 17 in the box. So as you complete challenges, as you complete goals different characters unlock so this one when i beat this i believe i unlock a sort of beast master type character who has a pet dog it's brilliant and they retire and then there's a separate book you open only after characters have retired and you can record their names in it i think and then sometimes you can encounter them later in the game as like random events it's so clever there's so much going on um but that's not why you have a deck of modifier cards we're still getting there um okay so as you play, every time you play a scenario, so the first one, like the Black Barrow, for instance, you're also going to draw a scenario goal. These are smaller goals. Uh, again, you draw two, pick one you like, and put the rest back. Um, oh. This will be something like, it'll be a smaller goal. For example, finish the scenario and have picked up five money. Or only do long rests during the scenario. Or open a door at some point. Um, or at the end of the game, have five cards left in your hand. Something like that. If you do that, you get a number of ticks based on what the card is. Most of them have one tick, some of them have two. So if you complete that goal, but at the end of the scenario, you get a tick, and you write that in your little character sheet. Um, when you get three ticks, you get a perk. And what a perk does is it lets you adjust your modifier deck. So using oh. that deck of plus ones and minus ones, so inside every box, every kind of character box in the thing, you get a pile of cards that have like other abilities. Now, very important for anyone playing Gloomhaven, that is not your modifier deck to start with. Don't use that one, because it's full of cool dunk stuff. You get a basic one and you upgrade it. Don't use the one in the box. Well done, everyone. The more you know. <laughs> I watched a couple of YouTube tutorials where they've used the one that's like, the, oh, plus two, plus five, plus eight. Like, no, yeah, no, put that away. No. 
Yeah. You've done it wrong. So what it will say, you'll have perks that will be like remove all your zero cards, or remove four plus zero cards, or replace a minus one with a plus one, or add two push cards, where when you do damage, it pushes someone away from you, or add two nature cards, which um, when you do damage, it'll add the nature um, energy to the board, so you can then consume that on a later turn to make a power better. Um there's just so many cool things you can do and so many directions you can take your character. You can build it any way you want. Like, I could build my uh, my Crag Heart. I could build in melee. I could build in ranged. I'm currently going ranged because I'm having a lot of fun throwing rocks at people. Um, it's been quite effective. It's quite fun. Laura's character is very much about blasting things as hard as she can in the face um, and then trying not to die because she's made of squish and tracing paper. Um <laughs> Yeah, and the, the cool thing is as well, if you beat the scenario, like whatever happens, if you win or lose the scenario, you keep your money, you keep the experience points you gain through the scenario. So you'll always keep leveling up, like you won't bottom out. Um, if you yeah. beat the scenario, you get bonuses, you progress the story, you unlock new areas, um, you can go back to town and spend your money and upgrade yourself, and you can do events on the way to town where you'll be, oh, you found some mysterious berries. Do you want to eat them? Yes or no? And you think, right, well, we'll not eat those ones up. And you flip the card over and it says, right, you didn't eat the berries, well done. This card now goes back in the box forever. You don't need it. Whoa. Like, and the road event and the city event deck that you kind of play when you do road or city events, you shuffle them at the start of the game and then you don't shuffle them again until the game tells you to. You shuffle it once and it's shuffled. That's it. Done. And you can add cards. Just... So when, like, when your character retires, there might be a road event add and I've got a feeling this is going to happen. You can add road events in where you might meet that character again on the road later. But I can't. I can't even imagine how you begin to design something like this. I have no idea how <laughs> you do this, and this is his second game. Shall we ask him? Ask him. Yeah, ask him next Wednesday when he's on the show. Did you? Did he lock himself in a room with seventeen hundred playing cards <laughs> and think, right? I've got a biro. Let's work out a game. He's like that, right? I've got a biro and I've got coffee. I've got this. Yeah. Oh, don't get the coffee near that. Oh. <laughs> Well, you know what he'd do. He'd at least have it in a proper cup. <sighs> a sippy cup. A sippy cup. Do you know what as well? Do you know what sucks? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went out for a cup of tea with my friend Ian yeah. and Laura to a local tea place I go to called All About Tea. Oh, yeah. Uh, they make their yeah. own local tea for Portsmouth. It's incredible. Such a good place. And they've got various different flavours of tea. Uh, so you can buy, like, Smoky Russian Caravan as a personal favourite. You can buy Peppermint or Autumn Mist, which is a very tasty one. Smoky Russian Caravan. Not kidding, it's beautiful. It's such a nice tea. It's the best tea. It's actually my favourite tea. It's like got a really nice smoky aftertaste and it. it's wonderful. Like, it's amazing. Just, I'll send you some yeah, in the please. post if you yeah. like. It's incredible. I will get you some and send I you need some. some. Um, it's fantastic. Anyway, there, and they had a, a, a travel mug but it was made that one that you couldn't knock over. And we sat there on this table and me and my friend Ian are punching this cup and it won't fall over. But then you just grab it and you lift it and it just comes straight up. It's got a weird suction thing. If I'd have had that, if I'd have bought the £25 suction cup, my board game would have been fine. You can't live on regret because regret, it's the path to suffering. You can't, you have to move on. I don't like the taste of it. You have either. to accept. You have yeah. to accept it. I do. Yeah. Well, I've got. I've got my. I've got my new pieces coming. I've kept the ones that got wetted to one side. So I'm just going to do a one for one. Mm-hmm. The ones that are still good, I'm going to keep as spares. Like I can always use spare damage tokens always. and stuff. I can always use spare archers if I need them in the future. Um, but it, it's nice to know that they're coming. But yeah, the actual game so impressive. Like we've managed to play. Uh, we've played five times or five scenarios. We've won. We kind of did lose, win, lose, win, and then win. So, because we lose, we just try the scenario again. 
Uh, we're kind of still getting our way. We were learning how to do it at the start. We were kind of burning through our cards a bit too quick. We didn't quite get a handle on the mechanics early. We're getting it now. We're a lot more effective as well. Like We can actually coordinate ourselves a bit. And now I've unlocked the... Um, now we're both level two. Uh, my Cragheart can now do something called Explosive Punch, where he breaks en- an obstacle in the room and everything around it takes at least four damage. Which is like, I'm going to make this statue break and it's going to land on all of you! Ha! <laughs> it sounds like... It's, it's good flavour. It's good flavour text on them as well. Like You can just imply like, oh, he's going to throw a tornado of dirt at that man. Huh. It's so good. Like I'm Again, like, how do you design a game like that? Where do you start where do you start with a board do you start with some cards do you start with just ideas on how the movement's going to work how did you do it because it's incredible and this scenario book that's got things you're not allowed to look at and sealed up envelopes i can't look at yet with this whole legacy stuff and a board that will change and a prosperity level of the town that increases as you play and you have a reputation marker as well where you can become famous or infamous during the game like fable it's ridiculous there's so many systems, but they all work. Have you seen Forge War? What's that one? I've heard it's of it. It's his first one. Sorry, I sounded a bit common there. I've heard of it. What's I've Forge War about? Shine your shoes, Gavner. What's, what's Forge War? I've heard the name, yeah, but I'm, I'm not sure of the face. It's like full... <laughs> it's the full... Why is my default voice? Like, I, I don't, I'm not actually from Scotland. I'm actually from the um, same place that Michael's from. Um... It's like four or five mini games all within a bigger game. So the first part of Forge War is mining. And then the next part of Forge War is getting your weapons. And then it's getting your uh, getting your kind of group together. And then it's going off and setting off and doing a quest. So Forge War kind of all links together. Wait, so like, do you do that? It's like five separate stages. So, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got... Oh, I'm looking at a picture. Oh, that board's amazing. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. And cool. Yeah. That's what. Oh, if we can just pause the podcast, right? I'm just going to look at these miniatures. <laughs> look at these. That's nice. That's some nice cardboard. Oh, I bet there's some good punch boards on that. Oh, there's some amazing Ooh. tons of it, and there's tons and tons of tokens on it. The boxes. That was his first Kickstarter. And then he did Gloomhaven. It's like what? This is what Isaac did first. Gloomhaven's what Isaac did next. It's all kind of really, really interesting. Sometimes I get upset when people get really like when just people are really competent and like people are good at stuff like. It sickens me. Why are you allowed to be so good at stuff? Stop being so brilliant. You're making us all look bad. <laughs> you can... I don't know. We'll, we'll ask, we're going to ask him next week. We'll see what he says. I've designed one game in my life. It wasn't a board game. We were at the beach and we were playing frisbee. Yeah. And we, we, we couldn't be bothered with the frisbee. So we picked up a rock and we called it Throw the Rock. <laughs> we were 25. <laughs> all right. If you made a board game, what would you make? Um. Well, what kind of game? I actually, I actually have two board game ideas that <sighs> I, I know we'd laugh and joke. I've actually been working on two board game ideas. Um, in just kind of like in the downtime when you're like it's half twelve and you're still awake at night, you're like, I wonder if I could use that for that. Um, I would like to make uh, my first idea was to make a a dungeon crawling game, but the method you used to get through it is blackjack. Oh my goodness. And I was going to call it like Blackjack Bandit or Double Down Dungeon. Something like that. And I had an idea that you'd kind of have like a, a line of enemies. So you'd have like small ones, medium ones, and then an ace of each area. So you kind of draw like an ace. Like kind of like the Bloodborne game in that respect. Like uh, small enemies and a boss at the end. 
Um, and then you have like a hand of cards and then as you kind of win trophies or items from like beating things like it'll be like oh it's a big sword so you can play that as a three if you wish to so rather than drawing a card randomly you'd play like a three card on top of it you say well I've got 20 now ha 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 uh, and I kind of wanted to kind of infuse the, the enemies with like a, like a, like a gambling flavour so there'd be like a, a card shark which would just be like a shark <laughs> uh, or like a one arm bandit which would just be a bandit with one arm um, or like a big blind and a small blind, just two blind people, but one with a big hammer, one with a small. And I thought like there could be aces, so you'd have like the ace of clubs would be a giant ogre with a big club, or and then the ace, uh, maybe the ace of diamonds would be like a like a dragon with a horde of of wealth. Um, I sat there with like a pen and just worked this out ages ago, and I, I can't quite make it work in my head, but. Okay, sir. No one steal this. If I see this on Kickstarter next week, I'm going to be really upset. You've seen a Kickstarter a couple of years. Ah, oh, dang it. Uh, so yeah, that was my first idea. Uh, my second one was a uh, wrestling board game. Yeah. Because they just aren't many. And the ones I've seen don't look like what I want. I want a ring that I can stand the miniatures on the ring posts and do a flip. And see if it lands. Because I love wrestling. Yeah. I'm a big wrestling person. I, I, I wear it on my sleeve. I, I know it's rubbish. <laughs> and I know it's all scripted. But I do enjoy watching a man fly. There's nothing better. Any and again, I was thinking, oh, do, would you use card movement, or would you use um, action point based movement, like something like Forbidden Island, where you kind of got you've got three action points? Well, I'm going to move one space and do a suplex. Deck hand, deck building. Mm. You got minute. Oh, 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 here we go, here we go, here we go. Right, okay. Deck building. Right. And. Your, you have a currency in the game which is your crowd reaction. Okay. So like cheers or booze. Yeah. Because sometimes you want booze as a heel. You want them to boo you. That's the exactly. Whole point. So you get you know different crowd reactions. So you've got the blue, blue blue coins or red coins. Well, I'm thinking cards are double, are double reputation. They're marked with either mm-hmm. a a, war, a certain move will get you more booze. Or a certain move will get you more cheers. Oh, like like a low blow will get you a big boo, yeah. whereas uh, a flip off the top rope will get you a big cheer. Yeah, so a low blow will make you you, you give you less points as a good guy, but will give you more points as a as a heel. Whereas a jump Ooh. off the top rope will give you more points as a as a good guy and less points as a heel. Interesting. And then what you do is, and this is the interesting thing is, yeah, is that there's bigger moves as your reputation kind of gains and you get more cards. You can use the cards to attach to bigger cards, which are specialist moves that need more reputation in order to pull off. Well, that's how that's how the matches work. You start small and you build up to the big stuff at the end. Yeah, because that's what I'd like to make it be more like an actual match where you know it starts off small and it builds up. Like you don't want to just go in and do a people's elbow from this no. from word one. Like that's not interesting. No. Um, I like the idea of having a slight like in terms of like damage. You'd have maybe a a track in front of you that was like. 1 to 12 yeah. and then that was how much health you got so it's just like damage it goes down and then that's the number you need to kind of roll less than to get out of a move yeah. so if someone pins you you've got 3 attempts so 1, 2, 3 like 3 attempts to roll less than the number to get out of the pin and the more damaged you are the more chance the pin's got of working yeah because the number of dice the number that you need to get on the dice is obviously becomes less and less exactly that, that was the, that was kind of the core idea. I thought that could actually work. And then like submission moves would last longer if you couldn't. It was hard for you to get out of them, and you know you'd be more likely to get hit by a flying chair. 
if you're a bit weak and couldn't move out of the way fast enough. And again, these are just like scraps of ideas I've been throwing together when I'm kind of sitting on the toilet and my phone battery's run out. But you, um, you need to give it a name, though. You can't make it a thing unless you're giving it a name. Um, I don't... See, this is the thing. I wouldn't want to make it, like, too referency because nothing, like, annoys me more than when you see, like, someone's doing a wrestling project and, oh, this is uh, The Mountain and he's doing The Crowd's Elbow. Like, stop it. Come up with your own guy. But you need- don't just do Triple J. No. Don't do Bork Laser. Like, they're all wrestlers. Don't do that. What about the title of the game, though? Yeah. Um, Come on. Wrestle, uh, grab, grapple. Oh, for goodness sake. Super st- grapple guys. Superstar of Slammers. Ooh, that's... Mm. Oh, that's good. I, I kind of want Stardust to be a character in there, though. Well, that's it. But Stardust can be the guy that is the main guy who's he's at the top. Mm. He's the guy you got to look out for. He's the guy that you eventually fight because you go through. It goes through four rounds, and each round is okay. wrestling against the mid, the, the small guy, the medium guy, the mid carders, and then the big, the big title match at the end. And what you're Ooh. doing is, as you're playing the rounds, you're building up your 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 de- your 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 hand. So by the time you get to the mm. mid carders, you've already earned the right to have bigger moves. So against bigger against guys. bigger guys. Ah, okay. So, the... so you'd fight. You'd you basically fight the equivalent of John Cena yeah. at the end. Yeah. And he has a special ability where he turns invisible because you can't see him. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't hear us talk about John Cena on a board game yeah, podcast. But he didn't. But you don't get on that no, level. Exactly. Exactly. I like John Cena. He gets more hate than he deserves. He's all right. He's a good wrestler. And he's a lovely actual person as well. well. I've seen a lot of good things about all the stuff that's he's done, which is fantastic. He's just a nice man. Everyone boos him because he's just he was pushed as this big guy for years and years and years, and his character was rubbish. But these days, like he turns up, it's gonna it's gonna be a fun night. If John Cena's there, you're gonna see a good it's bit of wrestle good. boy. It's always good. Yeah, <laughs> he might throw a man. Ooh, but. So yeah, wrestling board games. That uh, yeah, that that's my two board game ideas. Please don't steal Make them. Make it happen. Is this it? Is this your? Is this your play? Get us to talk freely. Mm-hmm. Warm us mm-hmm. up with talk of of souls, and then just put all the ideas out there into the wild. It's not enough. You talk about board games that exist. You want theoretical board games as well. We want ideas. You're doing board game future magic. That's what's happening. Are you doing wizard oh, stuff? Don't even you dare even. You go all the way through and you just do this at the end. You oh. Don't like your future Mancy. There's a word for that, isn't there? <laughs> What's the real word I for that? I have no idea. Div- what did Nostradamus Divinity. Do? Prophecy. Maybe. Yeah, prophecy. That'll do. Reddy's prophecy. Mystic making. Mystic making. <laughs> oh dear. I can see all into your future. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, we're supposed to better stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what time is it? It's one of these things. I said, ah, we could just do a quick one tonight, eh, Paddy? And you're like, ah, right, we'll just do a quick one tonight. What accent are you using? Well, I'm going to use the Portsmouth one. What are you going to I'm just going to go slightly Lilton Scottish. <laughs> I'll put it back in the accent bank. For put it back show. in the accent thing. Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> Don't. <laughs> um, thank you for coming on. No, this was this was. Thank you for having me again. I know it's been ages. I know we keep trying to do it. Uh, we've probably tried to organise this maybe four times I since I was last on. I know. Yeah, it's real life. It's a thing, you know. Real life, uh, life, and much like Jurassic Park, life 
finds a way. Which is always good. We're... Yeah, but it's been a pleasure being on again. I've, I really like talking about cardboard, and I've been busting to talk about some of this stuff, particularly <laughs> Gloomhaven for a while. Um, I say a while, that's a week, but it feels longer because it's really good. So, yeah, thanks for having me, man. No, I appreciate it. This was good fun. No, it's good. Um, for people that haven't listened um, before, well, you're wondering, Paddy does a podcast. He does a podcast with a lovely guy called CJ. Paddy is a lovely guy. Genuinely, really, really nice person. Who's better? Um, um, I don't like the amount of time you're taking to answer. <laughs> it's definitely I could edit. Does my bum look big in this? Well, mm. well, I can. What I can do is I can say it's definitely you, and then I can also say, "I'm sorry, man. It's CJ. I'm sorry, man. It's CJ. 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 CJ." And then what I could do is I could decide which one to edit in. <laughs> Okay, and you could just you could even edit in later, like neither you both suck, and I'll go yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, really nice. Of you you do a fantastic podcast called Twin Humanities, which is um, a lot of fun. There's two sides to it. There is um, there's is it ten o the humanities, which seems to be well. Okay, let yeah. me. I'll, I'll I'll do. Yeah. yeah, it's got a bit confusing yeah. recently. So uh, we we do primarily uh, our main big show we do is uh, and the Twitter handle we do is called Twin Humanities. Uh, it's a Dark Souls show. Guess why I'm on here talking about the Dark Souls game? Because I'm that yep. guy. Um, so <laughs> we do a show about Dark Souls, uh, and unfortunately at the minute, Dark Souls has kind of ran out. Yeah. So that one's kind of dead for not dead it's on hiatus it's kind of sleeping for a while we're we're kind of letting the dark souls train sit in the station for a bit because i I don't think i can talk about it much more um it's been four years now i can't really go much more than that um so we also do another show uh, on the side which has been a bit more active recently called oh the humanities uh and this is more of an everything else show uh we talk about other board ga- uh, other video games we've played uh I, we did a particular show about the dark souls board game which is back there somewhere uh we talk about books we've read and animes that we enjoy and mangas that we like uh and other forms of media that we have found that we just really enjoy um we like to talk about things that we like not things that we don't like um so you only get happy happy show uh we've also got coming up uh i'm just gonna say it uh in about probably about five weeks we do our game of the year show which is always a good laugh uh and we always try and pick some 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 things that you probably haven't even heard of as our games of the year so good luck with that with guessing what they're going to be because you're not going to get them you're not going to get last year was a sky anyone can say overwork it's a skyhawk anniversary last time uh, CJ's one, yeah, was Skyforce Anniversary. Yes. Which I've been playing. Such, isn't it good? It's so good. Isn't it good, man? So good. But we'll, we'll always try and pick fun games. And, and if you like listening to, to people talk a lot about uh, E3, uh, we did 14 hours on E3 this year, <laughs> somehow. Uh, ably aided by James Carter from Kane and Rince. Thanks, James. Uh, and uh, at the minute, um, just, to, just to slide all this thing off at the end, uh, we've been playing an awful lot of the video game, the free-to-play video game Warframe, uh, which is, if you have any machine that can play it, give it a go. It's weird. It's Space Ninjas. It's really good. And we've done three episodes on that so far. Uh, we're due to do a fourth soon on the current recent um, Planes of Eidolon expansion, uh, which is really cool, really, really fun. And we're doing some lore stuff about it because we've both done the big quest recently. And, oh boy, it gets weird. 
but yeah, uh, you can find us on the internet uh, on Twitter uh, at Twin Humanities. We can find yeah. us on the iTunes. Just put Twin Humanities in, you'll find it. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel as well. We put all the shows up on YouTube. So if you want to have a listen without trying to download a podcast, whatever, you can just go to YouTube and just click one. Give it, a, give it a listen. Give it a listen. They're quite good. I think, I think they're quite good. Um, I they're and I really work good. really hard on YouTube because it's my output. Yes. That's very, Thanks. very good. And that's uh, borrowed off at the end, there, didn't it? <laughs> no, and you can find you on Twitter if they want to follow you and your oh, profile. Yeah. Is yeah, Paddy Stardust. Yeah, there's an at on the front of that, but otherwise dead on. Definitely, and there's mm. potentially Twitter dot com forward slash. I guess at some user somewhere. slash page something like that. Something like that. Colon hashtag question mark equals ref something like that. Pop I don't know blocked. something. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're doing, and I, I hope your I hope your legs haven't gone to sleep if you've been listening to this and expecting an hour an hour and a half long show, it's bonus content. Um, and it's you know it's our podcast, and we shall talk for as long as we want to. But if you go onto Google and if you search for "We're Not Wizards," you will find us on Twitter. We'll find us on Facebook. Face group, face group, face, face group. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find us on Facebook. Face I'd group. like you to join my linked book social network. <laughs> You'll find us on Insta, Instabook, Facegram, <laughs> and Snapper. Yeah, we're also on. We're also on Bebo. Um, MySpace. <laughs> no one's on Bebo. <laughs> MySpace. Um, you could find us on Mastodon. Oh, is it called Ma- I got it wrong. <laughs> I, <guessed. laughs> I got the wrong giant. Element. You got the wrong giant kind of pachyderm thing. Oh, um, <clears throat> you can also find us on the normal kind of podcast places, your Stitchers and your Acasts and your Spreakers and your um, Podknives, which we always give a shout out to because they are the loveliest people that do podcasts. You find us on YouTube because our fantastic Podbean hosts um, who host the podcast automatically put our episodes up on YouTube for us. What? Yes, and if you what? want to find us, <laughs> and if you go to YouTube... Whoa, stop. Dot... I'm going to stop. Wait, they do that for you? Yep. I have been encoding video versions of our show uh-huh. for every single one. I've probably done that 150 times at this point. Mm-hmm. Using, I used to use Premiere and now I use a program. It used to take me four hours a show. Mm-hmm. I am so angry. <laughs> Fifteen I minutes, am man. Seething with rage. Fifteen I minutes. Just, I just do it for you. Fifteen minutes. I'm gonna cry. Show goes live. I'm actually crying. Fifteen minutes. Stuff <laughs> <laughs> on YouTube. I can't well, even. with all the tags and the titles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even. This isn't even a bit. There are actually tears in my eyes. This is like Gloomhaven all over again. He's oh having a God, relapse. What a, what a disappointing night. Have we at least gone the longest show that you've ever done? Please tell me we the longest. Yeah, almost. Uh, pretty much. I said probably the last time we did a show. Um, <laughs> if you oh. like, what, if you like what you've heard tonight, and you're, you know, and you're less disappointed than <laughs> than Paddy is, <laughs> this was a mistake. <laughs> um, then feel free to jump onto Apple Podcasts and uh, please sub- drop us a subscription because that is always very, very nice. You were nice. going to say drop scribe. <laughs> I was going to say drop scribe because my <laughs> face isn't working properly anymore. It's probably too many Owen Wilson impressions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, we, t- t- 
take us out, Owen Wilson. Take us out, Owen Wilson. Man, I don't know. I think you just want to. Um, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking you just want to leave us a maybe a review. It's not a not a ten. But don't leave us a ten because that'll make us big headed, and don't leave us a one because that'll make us cry. Leave us a five because it's in the middle, and it's average. I think seven. Hey. I like seven. Five's better. Is it? Yeah. I mean, five's average, seven's above average. You want to be above average. Well, kind of. But the rating system on Apple Podcasts only goes up to five, hence the joke. Oh. Okay. <sighs> yeah, just ruined I mean, I think, it. I think, the jo- I, think the, I think the joke landed somewhere behind me. I think I missed that one. <laughs> Turn that around. Is, uh, the joke's on the floor over there. Didn't see it. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> yeah, stuff, things. My face isn't working anymore. I've been talking for far too long. Um, big shout out to um, people that keep joining us on social media and following us. We're almost at 3,000 followers on Twitter. <laughs> How? No idea. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no that's right. I mean, well done. That's really impressive. That was just jealousy there, wasn't it? <laughs> that was just, you know, 200 subs on YouTube. Um, yeah, I know. It's just like, what? But thank you, everybody who supports us. Um, remember, um, as we always say, um, we always joke about there's we are the only people that do the board game podcast. But remember to check out other people out there that are doing sterling work that we do um, that are supporting the, the hobby as it continues to grow and, and, and gets more and more exciting. So your guys like your Polyhedron Collider, Meeple Like Us, um, The Broken Meeple with Luke Hector, check out Michael Mayot who can play that game, check out Katie's Game Corner who was on the show um, not too long ago. Um, that was a good show, I enjoyed remember, that one. Yeah, I mean it's I enjoy you know, them all, these but people. Good. Well, these people put out content on a regular basis for you guys, and they're all you know all very very passionate. So, um, if you like what they do, tell them is the main thing. If you like what somebody does, rock up on Twitter and say I like your stuff. You you have no idea how much it puts a smile on people's faces. Um, there are only two more things to do. Um, one of them, as always, is to remember. That we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Master Bruce? I don't think so, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I panicked. I went to bail. <laughs> I went to bail. I, saw, I panicked. I was ready. <laughs> I cracked open the emergency bail. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and they say. <laughs> And the second thing is to say goodbye because it's all gone in the chaos. So it's goodbye from the, the rather amazing, the rather wonderful Mr. Paddy Stardust. Say goodbye. Goodbye. I panicked again. I went to bail again. <laughs> Good Goodbye, everyone. This is my human voice. This is, this is your human. Wow. 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 <laughs> and it's a goodbye for me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes. Um... Don't spill tea over your board games. That's probably a good ending. Do not spill tea over your board games, or at least watch out for big cups. (laughs) (laughs) But until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. But you're Derek Zoolander. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, we're done.